Association's Lung Force Initiative and the Ad Council. You don't have to be in your car to listen to U92. You can listen online anytime by going to www.u92themoose.com and clicking Listen Now. The Moose is also on TuneIn, Radio FX, and the Alexa app. Tune in anywhere, anytime. U92. Poppin', what's poppin', everybody? I'm Mike. I'm Brian. And this is Hoopin' with Mike and Brian, a sports podcast where we talk everything hoops, giving insight, giving our own opinion about the basketball world. Right? Yeah, we're out on all platforms, as we know. And along with that, make sure you subscribe to our socials. Uh, on YouTube, we are at Hoopin' with Mike and Brian. On Instagram, we're at Hoopin.mb. On TikTok, we're also at Hoopin.mb. And then on Twitter, we're at Hoopin underscore MB. Yeah. Keep hoopin'. It's now time to beat the clock on U92, the Moose. Talking sports for the next two hours. Here's the team. Welcome in. It's beat the clock. Good Lord, was it hard to do that today, fellas. And Anissa. Well, some people follow how much water to put in their mac and cheese. Others don't. Six all right? cups? I feel like that's a lot for one measly box. What are you going to do? I don't know. Call Kraft and tell them. I'm not I the one who made the box. <laughs> I, can't say the, I can't say the full saying on air. Good lord. I mean, I'm positive. That kind of sounded a little negative. It's America. American dream, baby. I don't smile. But I feel like you should be able to dream as many things as you want, you know? I'm very sore this morning. (laughs) I'm very, very sore. Oh, it's a victory Monday here in Morgantown, West Virginia. Welcome in. It's Beat the Clock on WWVU FM Morgantown U92. The Moose, we're still waiting on one to show up. We know somebody else won't be here this morning. But Tanner Mounts is here. The Big Mac Brian McQuellen's here. And I'm here, Tanner Lambay. Isn't that right, Brian? <laughs> okay. um, that's the name. Yeah, that's the name. All right. Well, yeah, like I said, Victory Monday here in Morgantown, West Virginia. Goes down to Fort Worth and beats Texas Christian on the road Saturday night. A final score of 24-21 to 21 on the road. A big win for the Mountaineers. And one that really, I think, guys, helps legitimize this team nationally. They only received six AP votes. And on our way in this morning, we were kind of discussing this AP Top 25. And, uh, you know, a lot of the time last year that we spent on Sports Night, I mentioned the SEC bias. It's more evident now than I think it ever has been. In a year of college football, fellas, that we've really not seen a team that looks like the best in the country. I think if we were going to have the discussion right now, you could talk 12 to 13 teams that could potentially win the national title. It's as wide open as we've ever seen it in the era of the college football playoff. It's a shame, I think, that this year there's not 12 teams making the playoff because, my goodness, how fun would that be? But... When you look at it right now, especially the last 10 teams, I think we're all good with probably the top 15 being what they are and maybe even the top 20. Here's Jonathan Hamilton as he comes in. That's Sir Jonathan Hamilton. But you talk 22 to 25, and I think we can ask some questions as far as the top 25 is concerned. And then some of the teams that aren't ranked, I feel that definitely should be ranked. Obviously, the first one with 81 votes, Maryland not being in the top 25 is a 5-0 and team. I know 
that maybe they haven't played the best schedule in the country. But, but neither is Fresno State. Well, correct. Like but you have a two-loss LSU team in the top 25 still. Yeah, they lose a tight game to Ole Miss. Fine. But they're a two-loss LSU team. Maryland's 5-0. and oh, And they've played Power 5 programs. And they've looked dominant. I think their smallest win margin has been 43-6. to six, I think. Uh, and they're going on the road to Columbus on Saturday to take on Ohio State. Like, that's the team that probably should be ranked. And it's it's wild to me that it, it is the way it is, but I don't I don't know. They they just won no, okay, so sorry. Thirty six or thirty eight to twenty, I think, is their smallest bar, margin of victory over Charlotte. But they just come off beating Indiana forty four to seventeen. They just blew out Michigan State the week before. They've beaten Towson, great. Charlotte, great. But they've beaten Virginia, Michigan State, and Indiana the last three weeks. I feel like that's a top 25 team in Talia, Tungvaloa, and Maryland. Because uh, yeah, it's also how they've looked. Like, yeah, right. you can look at that and say, oh, yeah, they really haven't played the toughest of Power 5 teams. But I look at it, okay, if you're going to rank, I mean, you talked, there's some two lost teams in there that are questionable. But if you're going to rank a Mountain West team that's 5-0 and and their best win is, Purdue and one that they beat by four and then you have Eastern Washington Arizona State Kent State Nevada Um, I think those five games for Maryland speak a little bit more than those five games but so I'm not exactly sure what that is but you're already seeing this we talk SEC biased you're already seeing this circle effect that happens every single year where you start the the year ranked with all these SEC schools and then you beat them, and they don't look great, but then they're all beating each other because they're all about the same where they're at, and they're getting the credit for these uh, ranked wins. I mean, Tennessee, they're going to be able to say, like, okay, yeah, we lost to Florida, but at the time then Florida became ranked where it's like, is Florida a legit team? But now they're not ranked. But So Tennessee doesn't look great. And then you can say the same thing with LSU about, you know, you just lost to Ole Miss, and then you barely played tough against Arkansas. But now Arkansas doesn't look all that great no. either like it's like no but it, you're, they're still getting the credit for it because arkansas at some point beat one of the teams at sec that was supposed to be considered good in the sec and it's just the circle effect of they're beating each other while they're in these 15 to 25 ranked thing like where they're ranked 15 to 25 and then they're getting the credit for that and it's just a circle effect that will never end with the sec no and when people say the preseason poll doesn't matter this is why it matters egregious that lsu is ranked 23 yeah I mean, that is ridiculous it is uh i mean kentucky's a 5-0 and football team i think that they're better than ole miss they they blew out florida i got i get it I was mean, at home but that's i mean yeah that's true well, yeah, but, but it's what mounts just said well florida was ranked at the time when they uh beat tennessee yeah it, 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 it should not have been ranked right it's that all. circle effect and it is what it is i yeah, guess like they they beat tennessee and Tennessee deserved to be ranked rightfully so. So, I mean, you can call that a decent win if you're Florida. But then, like you said... Florida's a two-loss team, too. Yeah. Like, they shouldn't have jumped right up to They, they got into the top time. 20, yeah. LSU being in the top 25 if, if is strictly because they are in the SDC. That is yeah, completely all it is. Um, Maryland should absolutely be in there. I don't know if Fresno State should be in there or not. Uh, I think you can include them, but Louisville, not twenty-five. Yeah, yeah. Now Louisville is, looks good. They, they, they had a. I mean, they're five and zero, oh, right? So I mean, they, they just no. Beat. Their wins are really blowing me away. I mean, I mean, I'm fine with them being in, being five and zero, oh, but none of their wins. Yeah, yeah they just they just beat 
uh, NC State 13-10, to 10, and that was that Thursday night game. They beat BC, Indiana, Murray State, Georgia Tech. Mm, you know. Right. Okay. They, they have Notre Dame. So it's like, okay, maybe they got ranked because they're playing Notre Dame and they want that to be a top 25 game so they can put that on TV. But feel like you I mean, want to beat NC State and Indiana. Right. Yeah. And we know that Indiana's not good. <clears throat> yeah. They beat Indiana by a touchdown. Tom Allen's seat is getting warmer and warmer. <laughs> I mean, out sorry, there in Bloomington. Me, but yeah, I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. All right, who's who's? Wait, here's the other debate that's happening, and um, this is where the preseason poll doesn't matter is for your top teams, like because that'll all work itself out. That's where I think it absolutely matters with who's going to stay ranked throughout the year, but for your top teams, and it's not going to affect the college football playoffs is that preseason poll at all. But who is the number one team in the country? Well, that's what I mean. You could say probably just about anybody in the top ten. I, but, like, who do you think it is? I think – so if I was an AP voter, I'd vote week by week. Like, there's two different styles of AP voter. You vote by where you think these teams are going to end up or you vote by who looked best that week. And if you're voting by who looked best that week, the top 25 looks vastly different. Well, I, I think it shouldn't be who looks best that week, who's looked best all season, well, then it's including Washington. last week. Then it's Washington. I don't think there's a doubt. They, they win 31-24, but Washington has both the offense and the defense. You saw Southern Cal drop because their defense is so bad. We're going to talk about that game. But Washington looks like they have the best offense in college football. They're in the Pac-12. They're going to have the chance to win a lot of games, which I think is going to skyrocket them up if they do. But then they have the defense to kind of match that, and I don't know if anybody else in the Pac-12 has really shown that up to this point. Um if you're talking about, like, how much a team is won by, I'd say Michigan, but they don't really have the schedule right, right now. They so, they, I mean, they've played, let's see. They've played East Carolina, UNLV, Bowling Green, Rutgers, and Nebraska. So, <laughs> if we're going by, you know, how much they, you've won by, maybe the, the Wolverines. But the other thing I'll say, anybody. I saw a stat, and obviously I see a lot of these because, like, I'm a, I'm a Ohio State fan. But through the first four weeks – the win margin now high states played four games michigan's five so this was before michigan's win over nebraska where they won big so i don't know what it is right now but through the first four weeks the win margin for the two teams between michigan and ohio state was exactly the same and that's including ohio state playing a team like notre dame yeah playing indiana like they played a tougher schedule their win margin there yes was the same overall Overall, added through together, four weeks. Added through, I think minus? it was like an average win margin, yeah. But, I mean, that's added together would be the same thing then if it's through four weeks. So, it's like, well, I... Ohio State won by four. With Notre Dame? Yeah. But that's also because then they won by 53 against Western Kentucky. They've also won big against Youngtown State. Like, so, yeah, but we're basing it off of their three wins against FCS opponents? No, we're saying... But that's literally what Michigan has, too. Well, I, So, I'm saying through those four games, despite Ohio State playing a tougher four games... Their win margins are exactly the same, but everyone's going to look at Michigan and say, well, they've steamrolled all their teams. They're the best team in college football. But Ohio State has, has having a down year. They're not eh, legit. Like, no, I don't, I don't buy into that. I just thought it was an interesting – because, like, when you look at the two teams, like, the initial thought is, yeah, wow, Michigan looks pretty good this year. <laughs> well, and then I, I, it's Ohio State of, oh, they seem kind of down. But I, they've, they've beaten all their teams by the same amount of points before this week, and Ohio State's played two tougher games. That's – yeah, I mean, I get that, but I think that if you're going to just say that, just say Ohio State has the best win in football this year because they do. Um, 
and I get it was a half yard at the end of the game, but they did it. Uh, I think Texas has the best one. You think on the road at Brian Denny's better than beating Notre Dame on the road right now? That's probably – I mean, it's close. Plus, with the way that Texas did it, you yeah. can say it's like that's the best Ranked win. 10-11, I mean. Yeah. yeah. I, but I, I, I think that the, the, the ciphering factor is, one, Nick Saban. He beat him in his own house. That's hard, really hard to do. And then also – there was never really a doubt in yeah. that game that Texas was going to win it. Like, just watching it, they controlled so then that. Would you have Texas higher? Well, that's what you're arguing, then. I, I think Texas needs to be over Michigan. I think it's, Texas I don't think two. Georgia should be one. I think we could all agree I, with that. I think, I mean, it's well, hard not to put I mean, them at number one. I mean, yes and no. Um, they haven't looked like normal Georgia yet this year, but they haven't lost yet. No, but they've looked bad. I no, would argue yeah. They've bad. yeah, they've looked bad. They should. I I put them on upset watch, and Auburn could have very easily won that football game. No, I I will say, I guess if I'm looking at which team has looked, I don't think Texas has looked bad this season. Okay, so then you have Texas, I, and I, I think I'd probably end up putting yeah Texas at number one. Well, like they have test. This yeah, week. yeah, the Red River rivalry. I I I'm very very excited for that game. Um, and that's going to circle us back to talking about this West Virginia game, which we definitely are going to do here for a little bit of time. Right now, when you look at the Mountaineer schedule, biggest test left yeah. is Oklahoma. Uh, I know that sounds crazy, but it's it's yeah. very we, true. We, Go look at some of these other teams on West Virginia's schedule. It is Oklahoma. It's on the road. Everybody's coughing this morning. We I don't. Is it the weather change? What do we I'm think not, it man. is? I think you got us sick, man. You were sick this weekend. I was very sick. Um, no, I'm, I'm getting over something. You're getting I'm over it, almost, Brian. I'm almost done. I mean, I feel fine. You feel yeah, sick? Brian felt sick Saturday. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> Brian did feel sick. Brian's good now. <laughs> it's Monday, baby. It's um, Monday. Yeah, uh, and then we woke up and watched an early game yesterday, or part of it. Go Jags. Tanner made pizza all day. That's what happened. Pizza was good, Dan. Yeah, thanks. Good for you, man. Um, so, Fresh dough? Huh? Fresh dough? Yeah. Homemade everything. Had a boy. And yeah. I, you know, I treated Tanner to ice cream after, so. Yeah, what a nice guy, this guy. What a gent. From where? We're in a Batman shirt. <laughs> we didn't want to drive anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> what a gent. Yeah, yeah that was probably guy. smart. That's yeah. probably smart. Yeah. Um, so, biggest test length for West Virginia is Oklahoma. Uh, we'll break it down here in a second. But, yeah, that game this week in Red River. That's going to tell us a lot about both of these squads. I thought, or I rather, I was surprised that Iowa State was able to hang with Oklahoma the way they were, especially on the road. That gave me a little bit of hope. Uh, Dylan Gabriel's a little bit different of a quarterback, obviously left-handed. But West Virginia's played against a left-handed quarterback quite a bit in practice. So, you know, maybe that's not as big of a shock to see a lefty because I think sometimes you have that little bit of instant shock. Like, we could talk about that with some of the teams in the NFL facing Tua for the first or second time versus a division opponent like Buffalo. I, just, I, I, I know we'll get in the NFL a little bit, yeah. but I said my, Buffalo has had Miami's number. Yeah. And it's, it happens um, every year. That's crazy. Um, so, yeah, I, they beat Iowa State. They ended up taking care of them a little bit better in the second half. But that was a closer game than I had anticipated. Um, and when you look around... Things were definitely quite wild. Um, so let's let's talk West Virginia now for the next 15 minutes or so. 24-21 win. West Virginia moves into the bye week now at 4-1 and one on the season with their next game against Houston next Thursday night. Houston looks bad. Yeah, yeah they look really bad. Bad, not a second-half point scored against Texas Tech, a team West Virginia just beat. 
and Texas Tech scored almost 50 points. So when you're talking about, oh, is this West Virginia defense legit, it looks like it could be very legit. Yeah, that second-half performance, specifically that third quarter, was... I mean, it's hard not to say it's a top-10 defense watching that quarter. Um, And, you know, you lose your emotional leader all summer long. I mean, we were preaching it coming into the season about how Aubrey Brooks was bringing guys into the film room early with him and bringing... And started as with just him coming in at 6 a.m. and ended up being by the end of the summer the entire defense all coming in with him to watch extra film. He's the emotional leader to watch that have to go down. I mean, you could just see what he meant to the team. It, it looked like Neil Brown was visibly crying. Yeah, um, I, I, and, 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 you can't blame him. No, and you can't. Like it just shows the impact that he had, um, and to be able to respond after that. And you know, there's always there's. It's always one of the hardest things to do. I don't know if anyone of you guys have ever been like in a sport where like you've watched like a teammate of yours get like yeah. carted off or have to get like an ambulance and yep. like it is a scary thing and it is so hard to come back from as a team and they did that in that third quarter defensively. There was at one point before TCU's final couple passes there that they had one net yard gained through like the first ten minutes of the quarter or something like that. Yep. It was insane. It was exactly what West Virginia needed to get their offense back into the game, set them up. It was beautiful to watch. and uh, I mean, we could get into the schedule a little bit more, but I guess we could break down this TCU game more. I'd, your guys' thoughts? Um, you want to know the craziest stat? And I just read this. Go ahead. The West Virginia defense has allowed just one touchdown in its last nine quarters. Yeah. <laughs> That's what... That's what it says. Well, they let up three touchdowns last game. West Virginia defense, which has just allowed just one touchdown in the last nine quarters in victories over Duquesne, Pitt, and Texas Tech. Yeah, and through those three games. Through those three games. So that was coming into the So that's what – yes. So that was that, coming into yeah. the game. Okay, so Which is what I was saying. There was seven straight quarters. I guess it was nine because I didn't go back to the Duquesne game. But I did know the second half that it was – they had the second half uh, – they had the whole Pitt half, um, the whole, whole Pitt, Pitt game. game yeah. They don't let a team in the end zone. First three quarters of Texas Tech, they don't let a team in the end zone. Yeah, so yeah. at that point, they had seven straight. That's uh, and then I guess if you go back, I guess they had the second half shutout against Duke, or Duquesne. I thought Duquesne scored a touchdown in the fourth quarter. I, maybe. I don't. This is did. what the yeah. release is on. I don't know. I know at one point, though, there was a 100% seven straight quarters that West Virginia kept a team out of the end zone with the entire pit game and then the first three quarters of the Texas Tech. But then they kept them second half shutout against TCU. Yeah, it's yeah, that stat seems a bit flawed. I don't know. That's, I'm, I'm reading it. Sorry, because I was shooting the no, messenger here. No, it's, it's, yeah, yeah, it seems yeah. a bit flawed. It's close though. If it's not not like if it isn't nine, which I don't think so, it is, it was at one point seven. Yeah. And now after this game, you add those two, and it's you could say since Duquesne, or I guess with Pitt, Texas Tech, and TCU, there's been nine quarters, nine out of the twelve quarters of those three games. Yeah, there you go. The other team that's has not scored. A touchdown. That's that's pretty. That's that's pretty impressive. darn good. And now you're sitting at two and zero in the conference. By the way, um, this is a Mountaineer team that, outside of the Duquesne game, has only scored at the maximum twenty four points this season, and somehow they're still four and one. That tells you about the defense quite a bit, in my opinion. Um, two block field goals in a game, up three, tells you a lot about this team, in my opinion. With you know playing with heart and that sort of thing, I mean Big Mike Lockhart able to block that, that that was that was wild. And then the second one as well to be able to block that, 
to right. win the game in a walk-off fashion, which got a little interesting because there was a big pile on the ball. And oh, my gosh. I it, guess – so I don't really know my West Virginia history, but I guess that's happened in the past yeah. because all the fans were saying, I almost pulled this player or whatever. Yeah. I guess there was a player that – that it, essentially it becomes a punt at that point when right. you block it and it goes forward you just have to touch it and if you touch it that becomes a live ball as if it's a muffed punt right. and it, mm-hmm. which it, i think is stupid uh i mean it's not just don't run after it yeah fair enough and it's like i it's like a leon let kind of play i guess i think that's what they're saying yeah i think that's, that's what cowboy, saying. yeah 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 so i guess it wasn't west virginia that's happened to i i didn't know about the history of that but yeah, I mean, you saw the replay of Neil Brown sprinting down the sideline, screaming, "Do not touch that ball!" Because yeah. I, that play has always confused me too. So then, like, I, I was kind of curious. Like, once I saw them running backwards towards it, I was like, "Oh, like, do we touch it? Do we not touch it?" Because there's that Georgia play in the SEC championship last year that where their right. defensive coordinator was yelling, "Don't touch it from the booth! Don't touch it! Don't touch it!" And then they pick it up, and he immediately goes to go, 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 go. Um, yeah, but yeah, I mean, so it, it's always been confusing. But I think that um, one defensive stand that I thought really stuck out was right after Aubrey Burks got hurt, and maybe this didn't have a huge impact on the game, but they got a three and out right away. Deep well, they in, sacked him on the first play. Yeah, and I, I just thought that like how the defense came together after losing, I would say your best player on defense, and and was able to get a stop. Maybe not in that, that game, but overall, yeah. yeah, yeah, overall, yeah. I I, I really think that. The reason this defense has been so successful is because guys in the back like Aubrey Burks, Beanie Bishop has been incredible this year. Uh, but the secondary has gotten better where, yeah, they're not going to stick with their guys for three, four seconds. But th- they hold their own for those two to three. And the defensive line has been much better this season as well at getting pressure where you know you, you combine that better pressure that you've been able to get this year with the more experienced, better play in the secondary, it's making it hard to find guys down the field. Yes, running backs have been able to run the ball a little bit, but I think West Virginia fans really wanted to see those chunk plays get taken out from the defense. They wanted to see that passing game because teams used to be able to throw all over West Virginia. That was Jordan Leslie's biggest biggest uh, critique from fans, and they've completely stopped that. And, and yes, it's happened at times, but it's going to happen at times. That's football. The defensive line has been the reason that this defense is as good as it is. They've let in everyone else kind of play complimentary football off of them. But when you're getting as pressure as much as they do, it makes everything difficult for an offense. And they've been able to do it consistently now through five games. Even against Penn State, they were getting the Drew Aller. That, he was just a five-star quarterback that avoided a lot of time and right. still made a throw while avoiding pressure. But they got him unsettled, and that was a reason why it was only 14-7 at half. It's it's a legit defense. It's it's a defense that could take you. We talked about it schedule wise. TCU is the second after Texas Tech. TCU is the second hardest game remaining in the schedule, and you go into Fort Worth and get a win. So we're not saying, or they, I'm not saying, they've that won this three is, straight down there, which is three straight, yeah. yeah. Um, and for the now five of the last six against TCU, right, which is crazy too. Um, I'm not saying it's going to happen. But it is very realistic to say if you just beat TCU on the road, which is probably with the way that things stand right now, unless a team gets hot, your second toughest game remaining. So it is not out of the question that this team goes 10-2 and two and their only loss is in Norman, which, I mean, if they get to that point where you rattle off and you're still at one loss when you get to Oklahoma, you could be saying, okay, this team's clearly good enough to go in there and beat Oklahoma. 
Yeah, Hamilton's got tickets to that game. Yep. You do? I'll be there. Awesome. Good I'll, for you, dude. I, I'll be in the press box, actually. Oh, so you won't so. be cheering? Um, no. No. No is the answer, yeah. But that's that's pretty cool. Brian, what did you think of the win? Yeah, I mean, you guys said it. The defense, obviously, um, did a great job. I mean, they held – we're going to the game. I was saying how Monty Bailey was arguably the best running back in the Big 12, and you hold him to 19 carries for 55 yards. And obviously, you know, your leader goes down. And Trey Lathan as well, uh, one of the better uh, players for this West Virginia defense, gets uh, goes down. I mean, their defense just made enough plays, obviously, with the block field goals. And Garrett Green, I mean, <clears throat> I guess his stats don't jump out to you in terms of passing the ball. I mean, 10 for 21, 142 yards. But – um, I mean, he, he, he. I guess he got the job done on the on the on the run game as well. I mean, twelve carries, eighty yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, I mean, they just didn't. They just made enough plays in this one, and obviously, it helps when your defense is making as many stops as they did. I mean, you, you got to hope that Arby Burks and Trey Lathan get well soon. Obviously, it's unfortunate to see how you know those. Yeah, two I think Lathan's done. Yeah, yeah. Lathan, but he's he's done. He had surgery season. in Fort Worth. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Do we have an update on Aubrey? Yeah, uh, uh, he's, yeah he's walking on his own. He's, he came back last night. That's good. Um, or he's coming back this morning or what was something it? Something like was, that. Yeah, he's on his way back, and he's walking on his own power. And um, There's probably a better chance that he could possibly come back at yeah, some point. We'll probably get season. an update next time that Neil uh, takes the podium, Neil which, I mean, it could be today, too. Yeah, he will talk today, and it's only him talking today. So we'll only hear from Coach Brown because it's the – it's not the bye week, sorry. We always call it the bye week, but it's yeah, the, it's idle, the week, idle week, the open week, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so they don't play now this whole week and then until next Everyone used to get two. Yeah. You used to get two. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's definitely something um, what this West Virginia team has. And we were talking about it, what could potentially happen. So they have Houston like we've been talking about. We'll give you a ton on that game during that week. Um, then they have Oklahoma State at home, and I don't know if anybody expected the uh, Cowboys to be as bad as they are, but oh my god! They, we, I mean, I said this on TCT. We are all expecting, I think, Iowa State to kind of be the dumpster fire of the Big Twelve this year, <laughs> but it has quickly shifted to Oklahoma State and the Cowboys and everything that they have going on. It is they're two and two. I can't believe. I mean, I guess maybe because of just the tenure that he has there that Mike Gundy is still there with all the players basically saying like they all want him gone they all That's want what him it gone seems like he's right? a man he's 40 come on that was 15 <laughs> years ago Hamilton yeah i uh, mean it's they want him gone there's players that it, it hasn't happened but there are multiple players of saying like we're going to say gonna, that all that's true it's not message boards up cuz i haven't read up on it enough I mean, I don't either, but, like, there's reports that there there were players that wanted to quit the team because yeah, he was still the head coach and think like, the, whether all that's true or not, it, it doesn't change the fact that there's a lot of disgruntled players. Yeah, sometimes when there's State. smoke, there's fire. Yeah. Um, yeah, Oklahoma State, they just lost to Iowa State on the road. They were idle this past weekend, but the weekend before that. So they've lost two straight games. They've beaten Central Arkansas and they've beaten Arizona State. They lost to South Alabama at home, thirty-three to seven. Then they lost to Iowa State. They bounced back though offensively. They've got Kansas State at home this weekend, and that's a Friday night game, which is just awful. Um, I know Mike Gundy's a big proponent of Friday nights for high school football, as it should be. Friday night games shouldn't be happening. Um, then they'll have Kansas before they come here, so. They're not a very good team. Central Florida, I 
I don't know what to really think of Central Florida. That, I, here's here's my is that I, the Big Twelve is, has a lot of mid teams, a okay. lot of mid teams that are going to beat each other, yeah. and it's going to kind of make it up in the air of like, well, are they good because they beat this team? And you know, Baylor I think is going to put themselves in that category of like, okay, we're expecting them to be not great because they've looked really bad before that but then you beat UCF but then I could see them losing at Cincinnati like it's going to be one of those where the Big 12 is going to beat a lot of each other because they're all just a very mid team I think that was uh, Baylor's biggest comeback in like school history they were yeah. around 35-7 yeah biggest yeah. biggest it's biggest comeback ever yeah after a field goal fall, fall short for Baylor there's no way that's all time yeah that's what I'm saying Baylor completes oh, okay. its biggest comeback yeah yeah ever. um to be yeah, so then they have UCF and BYU back to back. Of the new teams in the Big Twelve, they're combined one and seven against the other teams that have been in the Big Twelve, yeah, and the not, only wins BYU. Not great. Uh, the only team that has a win is BYU. Um, so they get two new Big Twelve teams back to back before they go to Norman on November eleventh. Then they're at home for the home uh, fin- finale uh, against Cincinnati on the 18th before they go to Baylor after Thanksgiving. I think the challenge for West Virginia is going to be not to get pulled into this this like mediocre well, I'll tell Big you this. 12. Them being 4-1 and one and not ranked after winning against TCU is more fire, in my opinion. I mean, they keep saying – All they say is 14. That's all they say. That's all they say in the locker room. That's all – that's all you need. Just I show mean, them the Herb Street video. Yeah, from, I mean from that's game day. Which I mean that's making as I was more at Mac than it was. Yeah, but hey, still, everybody else on game day picked TCU as no, well. That's uh, and he says anybody but West Virginia. Roby, I think Quinn Roby was the only one that uh, picked West Virginia. To, no, Blaine picked West Virginia thirty to twenty. Roby said twenty-seven twenty-four. That's pretty close. Roby, that was wow. pretty close. Good job, Quinn. That was pretty close. West Virginia was also his super dog as well, so he he nailed both of those. Good job, Quinn. Um, I couldn't make the pick because TCT shut down as I was in the middle of hyping up my pick, but I was about to pick uh, TCU by field goal was what I was going to say. But, yeah. No, the schedule's very favorable, guys. Um, They're sitting at 4-1 right now after playing probably the toughest stretch of their schedule, too. Uh, I, I don't think that's an understatement either. Uh, to go, you know, Penn State on the road, yeah, and then you rattle off four straight, three of them at home. Things, things are there. Yeah, and it, it's looking like, like I was saying about not getting sucked into that mediocre pool. That it's looking like the Big Twelve could happen if you can win all of those games against basically all these mediocre teams. I mean, we when we were first looking at the season this year, we said, okay, at Baylor, that's probably a loss to end the season because we were expecting Baylor to be a legitimate team. We know that this team struggles on the road. We were expecting, okay, that's most likely going to be a loss when most people were picking the schedule. But now that's looking at one is like, you might that might become a must win despite it being on the road with how Baylor looks. It might become a must win because, yeah, I mean, we were breaking it down. You're, I mean, you could Obviously be competing we, for a Big 12 championship yeah, we, at that point. Right, we get the benefit of being able to do that because we work and we don't, you know, really have anything to do with the team. Uh, so where we can kind of look ahead, right? Yeah. Like the team can't look ahead, but when you look ahead, it feels like Texas could – falter at some point just because I, they're I texas no i understand it's what you're more saying. so 
I don't think you need Texas to falter. You need Oklahoma to falter. Well, right, but I'm saying it, it could be expected that Texas, you know, they lose a game they shouldn't because that's how it's been happening yeah. under Sark uh, and really since Mac Brown. Um, this is their first 5-0 and start for the Longhorns since they won the national title with Mac yeah. Brown. So it's been a long time since they've been, you know, kind of producing it this way. The Sooners are 5-0 and as well. They win 50-20 to over uh, Iowa State at home. Again, that game was a lot closer in the first half. The best thing for West Virginia is they don't play the top teams. Yeah, the no, they completely. really don't. You play Oklahoma, but you avoid Texas, Kansas State, and Kansas on the schedule. Yeah. The best case scenario I think that you you get is if those kind of those three teams in Oklahoma, Kansas State, and Kansas all beat each other. Because um, I think if Oklahoma can lose to you say play one of those three, if, yeah, if Oklahoma can say lose to Kansas. You know, even if you lose to Oklahoma and Oklahoma loses to Texas, they'll have two losses there. Kansas already has a Big 12 loss. If they lose to Kansas State, there's a conference loss. Then the only other team that you would need is, let's say, Kansas State. They're going to lose to Texas. Um, And they're honestly looking at their schedule. They're now looking at this as they also only have two games. They have at Oklahoma State, at Texas Tech, at home, they get to host TCU host Houston, then they have Texas, host Baylor, at Kansas, host Iowa State. Yeah. So, I mean, Kansas State's another team that's also probably right there with West they're Virginia. They're the champs. With looking at there and saying, yeah, we, we want to get back to the Big 12 championship. But it's not out of the question that West Virginia is one of the top four teams in the conference right now. When you look at their schedule, it also plays a factor of we expect this team to be competing for Big 12 championship, we think. Um, it, it, it's right there in front of them. We talked <laughs> – I mean, we haven't really said this in a while, but we preached opportunity yeah. in front of them. And if you can get out of your non-conference play yeah, with this, this right now, West Virginia's third in the conference. Yeah, no, third in the conference because they're they're, two they're, they're four and one and they're two and zero. They're only three, two, you know, two only and two teams. ahead. Oklahoma and Texas. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could actually say that they're well, no, because I guess the overall record's a tiebreaker, but um, they're tied for first in conference record right now. Yeah. Uh, it's and one of those Texas and Oklahoma, one of those teams is going to have a loss right. next week. When so West being idle, you playing. could get vaulted right into second place. Yeah, no, you will be vaulted. No, you will right into second place because you're not playing this week. Um, right, and even if Kansas State wins, they'll only be two and zero. They'll be tied with you in the conference. Yeah, yeah. So you're going to get vaulted into second place after this week because you're not playing. It yeah. is. It is right there in front of them. And it has to be looking at this. The team has to see it, and you know everything has to be. I'd rather them play like they've been playing, you know. Yeah, Go no, and be I mean, the underdog. but I'm saying everything has to be elevated when you know now it's like okay, yes, we're still the underdog. People still don't expect us to be here. Yes, we have the opportunity. Now we have the opportunity to go from 14 to competing for that Big 12 championship because it is there in front of you where you can no longer sleep. You cannot afford to go to Houston and lose a game that against a no. team that you absolutely should be beating. You cannot afford to lose at home against the Mike Gundy and this and what Oklahoma State looks like this year. Those are games now that you can't lose and we've seen Neil Brown teams lose them in the past and this looks like a different team. They this the team last year would not be 4 and 1 at this point in the season. I think that's fair to say. There was many close games last year that this team would have folded and lost and I I just honestly I I can't I, believe that we're four and one either it is it's incredible man it, it's definitely something and it, it, a lot of credit should be given to that coaching staff and what they've been able to do and jordan leslie specifically he is 
Yeah, I mean, him and Neil Brown, they redid the defense over the offseason. They've talked about it a little bit. Uh, it, it definitely matters. And it after that Penn State game, showing. Too. Yeah. They said after that Penn State game that they com- completely changed the scheme. They didn't show it against Duquesne is what they said because yeah. they didn't think they needed to. And since Pitt, I mean, from what they've said, it looks like it's true. It's been a completely different defense, and it is they, they're doing something right there. They are. All right, we'll hit a break. When we come back, we'll talk the rest of the college football landscape. Do you like sports? How about a new perspective on it? It's the Spartaneer Podcast with myself, United 2 Sports Director, Tanner Labor, and my good friend from Michigan State, Ethan Hunter. We talk about everything from the NHL to pizza, college basketball, and golf, and whatever deep dive we have for you this week. It's the Spartaneer, a cross between East Lansing and Morgantown, with roots in Columbus. Join us weekly as we discuss and laugh about what's happened. Find it on your preferred podcast platform by searching The Spartaneer or at unitedtothemoose.com. That's S-P-A-R-T-A-N-E-E-R. Spartaneer. Are your mornings boring? Well, they're not going to be anymore. U92's all-new sports show, Beat the Clock, is Monday and Friday mornings on U92, 7 to 9 a.m. Wake up and beat the clock with the sports staff. Can't beat the clock? Well, then you're going to have to find it as a podcast. Search the sports page on your preferred podcast platform where it's paired up with U92's Wednesday night show, The Sports Page, Wednesday night, 6 to 10 on U92. Join us then as we talk about everything in the sports world. There's always great laughs and fantastic discussions. Beat the clock and the sports page. Find out more at U92TheMoose.com. Have you been missing out on quality sports content? Don't look any further than right here at U92TheMoose. Wednesday night, 6 to 10, it's The Sports Page. You know, the defense kind of gets lackadaisical. Man, obviously. That's, a, that's a big word, Brian. Yeah, I don't know how to spell it, so don't ask. <laughs> <laughs> you know what that means, Sean? Lackadaisical. I don't even know what it means. It just sounded right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> last day, uh, they get lax in their effort. They, they get lax? Yeah. Oh, okay. Maybe. Missed it? Don't worry. Subscribe to the podcast and at U92TheMoose.com. U92 is the home of West Virginia soccer. Walks around, shoots, and scores! The first goal of the season comes from the fifth-year senior, A.J. Rodriguez. Catch all of the home matchups for your Mountaineers with conference games at home for the men in their second year of Sunbelt play, including Marshall, Georgia Southern, and James Madison. Cotta, who caught on the left side, nice pass. That's to Frederick Jurgensen. Jurgensen into the side, oh! Oh, And West Virginia takes a one nothing lead. They have Eltron with it. Delari's going to kick it well for it. Here's Taylor White on the run. She's got a break. Here comes White into the box. She shoots it and she scores. West Virginia ties it at one. Haredi of Eltron with a great lead pass. And the gritty being hit by Taylor White now. It's 1-1 at Dick Gillespie. On the women's side in conference play, the Big 12 opponents include Iowa State, TCU, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State, along with Big 12 newcomer Cincinnati. Now it's Peltron on the far side. She lays one on, and it's in the back of the net. Join us Wednesday nights for the kickabout from 6 to 7 p.m. for West Virginia soccer discussion. Catch all of this right here only on U92. Olakainen passes it on the far left side, and a goal there! How about that? Off the head! Unbelievable by Sukata. Welcome back in. It's Beat the Clock right here on U92 The Moves for the next 
20 minutes or so, we're going to talk college football before we transition over to the National Football League. Lots of interesting games around the country uh, this past weekend, starting first on Friday. Upset, I picked that, Brian. 21-7, yeah. DJ Uyunglele over the Utah Utes. Cam Rising still has not played this season. I don't know if he's ever going to play. Yeah, at this point, at this point, every week, oh, he could play. Oh, nope. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't quite get it. But if he doesn't uh, play, I don't think Utah. I think this loss will speed it up a little bit. Yeah, because yeah, like John, the, you're going to say, yeah, yeah. I, I think without him, they're not going to. Yeah, if they can still go win the Pac-12, they'll get into the playoff. So their season's definitely not over for the Utes. But uh, you got that one loss. Yeah, Oregon State, they get it done at home, and uh, I mean, I'll tell you. Oregon State and Washington State have both done a really good job showing that they're programs that should be in a Power 4 deal, I think. They've held their own against the Pac-12 thus far. They've played some darn good football, and I, I feel terrible for them because maybe it's a little bit of like I think that if the Big 12 were to get reorganized, I feel like West Virginia could get left out of some things. And, um, you know, maybe those programs are the same way. That we were right we're kind of remote locations and that sort of thing and uh i feel bad for them but they're they're really showing what they can be and they've done a good job and dju uh he, he's been a guy this year i think that has sort of proven that maybe he wasn't the problem at clemson especially the way clemson's played um dabo wanted club neck more don't know if that was the right choice Dabo's got to make some changes down there. Yeah, he's uh, things are bad. Needs to get Clemson. out of his old school ways. He's not working anymore. No, but uh, big win for the Beavs at home, and uh, I don't know. We, we don't need to really talk about that one anymore. I'm gonna just scroll through here. Georgia 27, Auburn 20. That was in uh, where? Where's Auburn? In Auburn? In Auburn? <clears throat> sure. Whatever. Al- Auburn, Alabama. Yeah, it was at Auburn. That was a game I thought Auburn could maybe get they played really well um you know really quickly as well on the stc thing how much better they are and how it means more down there there's a lot of big 10 quarterbacks from bad football teams that are starters on these sec squads graham mertz is a starter of florida maybe not for long but he was you've got peyton thorne at at, at auburn he was at michigan state mertz was at wisconsin like okay means a lot more, doesn't it? Uh, but Yeah, but somehow they're ranked in the SEC, but they weren't ranked when they right. were mediocre in the Big Ten. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thorne led Auburn in carries, 12 carries for 92 yards. Brock Bowers had a good day. Uh, he's a mismatch for anybody around the country. It wouldn't matter, I don't think. Uh, Carson Beck, he's looked fine. He looks good enough to win a national championship with that defense. Yeah. You don't I, have to be that good. It's I think kind of like a Stetson fair. Bennett kind of guy. I feel like. Yeah. Uh, but Georgia moves to 5-0. and oh. It was a big win. Uh, but they, that game was very tight, and it was a fun one to watch a little bit of uh, when I was awake. And uh, I enjoyed that. I thought Auburn could maybe get it done. I was hoping they could, but they did not. Michigan drills Nebraska on the road. Uh, okay. Texas takes care of Kansas, but Jalen Daniels did not. What, do you want to talk about that? What? No, no, no. I, I, I think that, that was just. I think it was quite close and it looked, especially in the third quarter, and then Texas kind of just pulled away. Yeah, they lit it up in the fourth quarter. But, yeah, Daniels didn't play for Kansas. It's Jalen Daniels, right? Is that why you looked at me over there? No. Yeah, 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 that's why. It's Jalen. Is it not Jalen? 
Who's Jalen? It's Jalen because Jaden Daniels is Kansas. He's at LSU. LSU. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm zoning out right now. Yeah. Okay. I, I was like, I know I had that right. Um, confusing me over there. What? What? What is that? I don't know what he's saying. Okay. Whatever. I think that means move on, man. Move on. Move on. Okay. 40 to 14, Texas takes care of Kansas. We've talked about that a little bit. Penn State takes care of Northwestern. That game was not nearly as close as what this final score is at 41 to 13. Uh, Northwestern hung in there with them. It was tied at half. Penn State had a big third quarter, but it wasn't really decided, it felt like, until the end when Ben Bryant went down. Uh, Washington beats Arizona. All right, let's talk about it. USC Colorado is in Boulder, 48 to 41. Colorado stormed back, and I'm telling you guys, I've been telling you all year, this is more at Joey Bray, who does the college football segment with me on Sports Night. Um, USC's defense is going to be a problem, and it showed again, because Colorado is not... Okay. Yes. Yeah, just somebody else talk. Go ahead. You, what, what do you think about this USC defense? This is a problem, right? I mean, it's an issue, but you have the best quarterback in college football that you could probably let up 35 points a game and be just fine. Uh, this was one of the best quarterback performances I think I've ever seen. Not only just production-wise, like you've seen better production-wise, but just the talent-wise, he is legit. And the he is, he, makes, like, he is one that is just effortlessly making these NFL throws where you can see him in the pocket change the arm angle it's it's what the nfl quarterback is looking for right now dare i say like he looks as comfortable as patrick Mahomes does in the nfl where he just can stand there and launch the ball downfield at crazy arm ankle angles and drop it in buckets in the red zone and find like, he just delivers it on the money every single time no matter what his footwork is no matter what the form is he's able to make it happen and it, it's he does he does it when it's with his legs when he asks. Like he reminds me so much of Patrick Mahomes in the NFL. Now I'm saying like it's different to look that way in college than it is to look that way in the NFL. I'm not saying he's gonna be Patrick Mahomes, but he is comfortable and he has the talent and this is one of the best best quarterbacks that I think I have seen in a very long time in college football. Um but yeah, I mean Brandon Rice, Jerry Rice's son, having himself a day, five catches, eighty one yards, two touchdowns. Taj Washington. I mean, this was an offensive battle, like you said. But um, I think USC's defense could cost them a college football playoff spot. It very well could. Um, it very well. Could. The offense is obviously there. I think Caleb Williams could win the Heisman back-to-back years. He's that good. Um, six touchdowns, four hundred three yards. Are you? Are you? I, you're going to say Michael Penix Jr., but his numbers are just as good in well, so many less attempts and so many less. No, I think it's going to be close between. No, those two. no, I understand what you're saying, but when slash if they're a two loss team come the end of November, it, it's not going to matter because you're not going to win the Heisman as a two loss quarterback. It's not going to. You happen. will if you continue USC to do the things that he does. Technically, I, did last year. Yeah, I don't. I don't know, they man. Did last they, year, they, 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 were, they didn't make the playoff. Part of it of winning the Heisman a second time, it has to be that you elevate from last year. You have he, even he more. Is. I think he, he is, is elevating from last. Okay, year. I, I'm telling you, do not. I wouldn't. I wouldn't bet on it. I really right, wouldn't. Tanner, I'm not saying it's definitely going to happen. I'm yeah. saying it's very, very possible. We're, we're, his, I think Hamilton, what you're trying to say is, if he continues to play like he is right now, he is playing. Like he is a current front runner, and he is playing like a second Heisman Trophy Correct. winner. Yeah, 
that if all he has to do, he doesn't need to elevate any bit better. And I don't even think anybody is going to pass him, no matter what anyone else does. If he plays the way that he's playing right now, he's playing like the best player in college football outside of Brock Bowers. He's he's going to win the second Heisman if he continues to do what he's doing right now. Like, it is insane what he's doing. He takes care of the football. He throws for massive yards. He's super efficient. When you watch him play, it is very evident that he's the best quarterback in college football. He's he's the real deal. He is. We're, we're going to start having to put him prospect-wise in the same conversation of players like Andrew Luck. Yeah, I, I, it's, I think it's becoming that big of a prospect. I'm just saying, watch out because Colorado could have very easily come back and won that game. It was fourteen nothing at the beginning of the first, and then. USC scored 20 and 14 in the second and third quarters, but they did not score in the fourth quarter. Colorado scored two touchdowns in the fourth quarter to make it that seven-point game, and they had a chance there. That was an awful onside kick they had. I didn't understand Colorado running it on first down three times on that drive. Yeah, because they had no timeouts left. Right. Because it put them in a position where they had to get that onside kick. I think they're trying to get creative. I I, I understand. But also, like, Shador Sanders has got them down the field with his arm. Right. Like, Shador's look good, too. Um, it will be a first round pick. He, yeah. I don't know if he's going to go this year. You've read all that. If he stays with his dad, that is honestly, Dion should be telling him to go to the league. Why would no, you he not? He wants to be the number one pick. What year is Shiloh? Shiloh is a sophomore, I think. He didn't play either. Neither did Travis Hunter, obviously. Right. So they were down yeah. two of their best better like, players. I think that this game kind of showed you, too, that Colorado's defense is not where it should be. They've got a lot of skill guys at Colorado, but they don't have a lot of those other pieces you need to win football games like this one. Um, I think SC is going to run into a wall at some point, potentially, because they're, they're going to play. Washington? Yeah. Let me let me pull up SC's schedule for you, because it's it's insane. This is... They go Arizona this week, and Arizona just played Washington close. Then they're at Notre Dame, home against Utah, at Cal. Big game there. That's an L. L. Uh, Then they're home against Washington, then at Oregon, then home against UCLA. That's what I mean. Like, he's looked great, right, through the first six games. But he's going to play a very tough. Now, if if he plays really well in all those games and they win all of them but one or two, then, yeah, I I can get there with you. But I, I think that this is a team that could lose at Notre Dame. Because they're at Notre Dame. They, if Rising's back for Utah, Utah's got a very good defense. Utah's going to be able to pressure him. They'll get a get-right game against Cal and our boy Sam Jackson. And then they're home against a very good Washington team. Then they have to go to Oregon. Like, their their final six games here are incredible outside of the Cal game. Nope. And, and you can just Look go for Oregon, too, by the way. Right. Like, that's who I was going to get to next because they're next on the list. But Lanning is can I, d- dare I say the Pac-12 if they all end up beating each other, does not get a playoff team. They they might, and that's what I mean. Like they might beat up on each other so much that none of them come out. And you let's just say, said it. Let's say Brock the Bowers is the best game. player in college football right now. If if Georgia goes undefeated and he has a game like he did against Auburn, pretty much the rest of the way, because they could do that because it's Georgia and their schedule's not good. Like there's a lot of bad teams on that schedule. They Brock Bowers could very well win the Heisman if they all beat each other. There's no reason to say that the Pac-12 championship couldn't be a two-loss versus a three-loss team. Correct. And if that three-loss team wins, they're not in the play. Like, you can't yeah. put a three-loss. Even if it's a two-loss versus two-loss, you've still never seen a team with two losses make the college football playoff. If Texas goes undefeated, there's a spot right there. The SEC champion, you think it's going to be a undefeated or one-loss team. There's one right, right there. 
you're going to get an undefeated team out of the Big East, most likely, or out of the, out of the Big Ten East, most likely. Undefeated? I think you have a one-loss Big Ten champ. Even still, then there's yeah, no, one right, you're right. Then you're there's right. one right there. There's one spot left. I mean, if you have a one-loss Alabama school that's not in, if you have a one-loss Ohio State or a one-loss well, Florida State, State team could very that's well not go undefeated. in, you have an undefeated Florida State team yeah. that's not like. No, you're right. That's the Pac-12 said. might beat each other so much that they don't. It's the best conference of college football yet. They don't get a playoff bid. Right in their final year. This is why, off the top of the show, I said. It sucks it's not a 12-team playoff this year because, my God, it would be so fun. Yeah, yeah. It would be – this is the year for the 12 – like, if this was the first year of the 12-team playoff, man, things would look a lot different. But SC's schedule is brutal, and I think they're going to struggle a little bit because of that defense and how bad it really is. Um, Oregon killed Stanford, and there's your boy, Bo Nix, 290 through the air, four touchdowns, Jonathan. They look good. Have you? Did you see the uniforms they're wearing this weekend? I did not. Are they, oh, are they something? my God. Are they something? Oh, they're something. Are they the pink ones? No. They're like Hamilton. They're Minnesota Wild reverse retro oh. subway color. <laughs> but they've got Donald Duck on the sleeve jumping through the O on the jersey. Oh, that's, that's awesome. It is, that it is, is one awesome. of the, my most favorite jerseys I've ever seen. It's that Donald Duck. Yeah, it's those. Let me see him. They're they're yeah, those cool. they're so, pretty cool. Those are fantastic. Yeah, those are tough. <laughs> Not as good as the Cal jerseys, but they're they're up there. God, Brian oh. was so sad when he realized the Cal game was on the Pac-12 network and we couldn't watch it. Oh, I was trying to find it too because I was like, getting excited for Pac-12 after dark. You no, know, it's three thirty kick. Is, all I can watch yeah. is Nevada and Fresno State. Yeah. Fresno State top twenty-five team after top watching 25 them. Team. They're, they're number like, twenty-five. Did you, know, did you know Nevada's like like ranked as the worst team? Yeah, they're yeah. bottom five. Yeah, they're terrible. Rankings. Yeah, they're terrible. Yeah. Uh, Notre Dame takes care of Duke twenty one to fourteen. It was Duke blew that game. Yeah. Duke blew that game. Yeah, they did. Hundred and ten percent. They did. Uh Sam Hartman though on that fourth down, that was a veteran quarterback play. Also, uh shout out to Sam Hartman for staying behind. Yeah. He's done that a couple times. Like Like that. To get hurt on the last play like that, like that is He he did that when they went down and beat NC State, and he made the Notre Dame fans be quiet while NC State's band played the alma mater. Like, he does a lot of those kind of things to where you're like, that's a, that's a good dude right there. He's got a root for. I like him. He's got a root for. Uh, except he he's plays a great, for Notre He's Dame. a great play singular, too. Yeah. Yeah, he is. Uh, Alabama takes care of Mississippi State on the road. Roll Tide. They look good. They're going to come back. I'm telling you guys. Ole Miss, they beat LSU 55-49. to 49. That was a shootout game, and... Kiffin gets it done against Brian Kelly, and LSU stays ranked. Uh, Oklahoma takes care of Iowa State. Tennessee over South Carolina, 41-20. to That was a game where South Carolina really beat the hell out of Tennessee last year, guys, and uh, Tennessee was able to respond this year at home. Uh, Kentucky beats ranked Florida 33-14. to um, How is Florida ranked? I mean, I know they're not anymore, but... I don't know, man. That's that's. Hey, I mean Ray Davis, man. What a day! That's brutal. Yeah, Ray Davis did have a great. He's day. So he was so Kentucky fast, five and zero for the fifth time in six years. But. Wow. Yeah, Stoops has done a hell of a job there at Kentucky, and uh, you know <coughs> they're talking about how oh it's only a basketball school. Well, no, it's become a football I mean, school. I don't. I, mean, I don't. Haven't even been that good in basketball the last couple of years. Well, <laughs> what? Right. Yeah, they haven't been. I mean, they're Kentucky, but like. Oh, you can go off a little bit more on that if you'd like to, Brian. No, I'm just saying they haven't. Like, Brian really... says John Calipari, hot seat. I, I actually am a big John Calipari fan. but he, Oh, you uh, are? Yeah. So, yeah, don't like Bill Self, but you like John Calipari. 
not that I don't like Bill Zell. I don't like the calls that he gets. <laughs> but, I mean, well, West Virginia's not going to the fog this year, so. Oh, they're not. No, no. We get Kansas. Kansas is in Morgantown. Oh, yeah, because of the new teams, yeah. you don't play everyone. I don't yeah, think so you get you get anymore. Kansas on the road, Morgantown here. Don't have to go to Kansas. I know what shirt I'm wearing to that, Tanner. I, I I would imagine you do. Okay. Good job, Brian. Thank you. Brian has a Bill Self shirt. I made him. He does. Yay, Brian. <laughs> don't, do you guys like when Brian goes into the third person? I love talks about himself sometimes. <laughs> Jonathan loves when Brian goes into the third <laughs> it's person. Nat- <laughs> it's, nat- it's, it's organic. It's natural. Man. Is it? Yeah. Okay. I also know what he's saying. Too. Hey. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Mizzou, baby. Mizzou, baby. Getting it done. 30, yeah, fight, tiger, huh? yeah, fight Tiger. There fight you go. Tiger. Over Vandy, thirty-eight to twenty-one. Five and zero oh is this Mizzou team. It's things are getting exciting in Columbia. Let's they are. Back. Cook had three eighty-five or three ninety-five through the air with four touchdowns. It's not a bad day. Not bad at all. Uh, did you also see that Vandy was doing their construction on the stadium during the game? Yep. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's 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 great time in in Nashville right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then as Hamilton pointed out on the Pac-12 after dark game, twenty-seven to nine, Fresno State over Nevada, big game there in the Mountain Nevada West. Are they still holding the scoreboard awesome. up with cranes? I think so. All I care though is the Mizzou Tigers are five and zero. That's that's what we that's what we're worried about at this. Um, point. Yeah, really quick, twi- really quick. Uh, so there's been talk, you know, all these NFL teams are getting new stadiums and stuff. They. There's talk that they want the Steelers to build a dome. If the Steelers were to build a dome, where would they play their college game? Or where would they play their games on Sunday? Would they play them here? I feel like that would be a possibility. Part of you mean they'd play their court? Would they play, like if the Steelers, because the Steelers would only build it on the site that Heinz Field's at, if they built a dome, where would they play their games? Because Pitt obviously does not have a stadium. So the next closest play, stadium. They'd play in the dome. They'd have to build the dome, which means they cannot play. At that stadium. They'd have to play either at Milan Pushkar or maybe State College. Like, those are the options, right? Or Penn, or Penn, Penn State and here are the two options for Steeler home games then. I'd something love to, to see them about. play in Morgantown. Wouldn't that That'd be, be something? fantastic? I mean, it's 60,000 here. It's definitely big enough. It's better than what the Chargers played in for three years. Morgantown Steelers. I guess. I don't ever see Pittsburgh building a dome, though. Well, they, they want them to because they want to have Final Fours and Super Bowls in every city that's an NFL city. Oh, oh that would be cool. I mean, I don't really agree with it because I think you should leave Heinz. Oh, slash I, no, I agree. Back for sure alone, but the, I was cool. thinking about that this week. It just, I, don't, I saw something that made me think about it because Ohio State, specifically Gene uh, Smith, really wants Cleveland to build a dome because the Browns are going to build a new stadium so that Ohio State doesn't have to play their playoff games in Indy. Oh, yeah, Hamilton's out. Hamilton's the shoot can't really be winter on your Jags. I'll let you Ohio State wouldn't be able to play outside in November because they don't already do that and they haven't done that for 100 years. Calling, uh, it's what, a big right that Ohio State fans have. Lawrence, no, he's uh, fine. He can make the throws. You know what I'm talking about. I have literally no idea So Ohio State's athletic director two years ago when it was announced home field playoff games, home site games for the first round of the playoffs. Trevor's given Gene Smith said, we'll, trust. we'll probably play them at the Hoosier Dome. Uh, trusted, mean, Lucas say. Oil Stadium. Uh, and I, I think right now it's been the defense that has, has helped this team significantly. Uh, best player, Josh Allen? Josh Allen is fine. Also, it's a neutral site. Well, yesterday. that takes yeah, away the home site yeah. advantage. Good game. That's, that's correct. Absolutely. Duval. So, so they want Duval Stadium indoors. There's a lot of places that want that. There's another win in it. They could do that, too. 
Well, you better okay. get used to watching the two thirty because they're moving in Ohio, there, so. and I Probably. cannot wait to talk. But about They have the Browns Bills next week, and it's a uh, quote road game. Which one game, is going to build so. a new stadium? Oh, yeah. Paul Brown, There's no way. Mike Brown or Shotcon's already said if the city of Jacksonville is not going to give them any money, they're going to. They're building a new three hundred million dollars new area around the stadium. So I think they they moved there. They're going to stay for And plus, there's no way that you let them move that far in different times. The London Jaguars versus the L.A. Rams, dude. I don't think no shot. Just saying. I don't know. We'll see. The travel that the Rams would have to add, right. like, that's brutal. All right, we got to hit a break. Not the Rams, the Jags. We'll be back. Talk to the NFL. It's Beat the Clock on United. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Information feeds on U92 shows and campus information. See you online. What's poppin', what's poppin', everybody? I'm Mike. I'm Brian. And this is Hoopin' with Mike and Brian, a sports podcast where we talk everything hoops, giving insight, giving our own opinion about the basketball world. Right? Yeah, we're out on all platforms, as we know. And along with that, make sure you subscribe to our socials. Uh, on YouTube, we are at Hoopin' with Mike and Brian. On Instagram, we're at Hoopin.mb. On TikTok, we're also at Hoopin.mb. And then on Twitter, we're at Hoopin underscore MB. Yeah. Keep hooping. Are your mornings boring? Well, they're not going to be anymore. U92's all-new sports show, Beat the Clock, is Monday and Friday mornings on U92, 7 to 9 a.m. Wake up and beat the clock with the sports staff. Can't beat the clock? Well, then you're going to have to find it as a podcast. Search the sports page on your preferred podcast platform where it's paired up with U92's Wednesday night show, The Sports Page. Wednesday night, 6 to 10 on U92. Join us then as we talk about everything in the sports world. There's always great laughs and fantastic discussion. Beat the clock and the sports page. Find out more at U92TheMoose.com. Have you been missing out on quality sports content? Don't look any further than right here at U92TheMoose. Wednesday night, 6 to 10, it's the sports page. You know, the defense kind of gets lackadaisical. Man. That's, Obviously. A, that's a big word, Brian. Yeah, I don't know how to spell it, so don't ask. <laughs> <laughs> You know what that means, Sean? Lack today's. I don't even know what it means. It just sounded right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> last day, uh, they get lax in their they, effort. They get maybe. lax? Yeah. Oh, okay. Maybe. Missed it? Don't worry. Subscribe to the podcast and at United2TheMoose.com. Welcome back. It's Beat the Clock. I just messed that up a little bit, but that's fine. Uh, it's the second hour here this morning on a Monday morning. A victory Monday for the Mountaineers. And uh, it feels Woo. feels pretty exciting, doesn't it? 4-1 um, and one is West Virginia. We're going to talk about the National Football League now, though. And uh, what's going on? Because NFL, I, I couldn't tell you what's really going on. You have a team score 70. And then they come back and lose the next week. That's one of the big stories, I think you could say. Right, Brian? Uh, uh, who did I pick? Did I pick the Dolphins? I said fins up, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, you did. That was an emotional pick. That's but I did okay. say on Lawn Air that the Bills have had, for whatever reason, Miami cannot beat New England or geez, Buffalo in yeah. the regular season. They, I don't know. they struggle to do it. And not only do they, hey, they beat struggle. Them in the playoffs, though, man. No they, no, they didn't. They almost beat oh, him yeah, with yeah. their third-string quarterback. I, that's why I was shocked that that game went the way that it did. I was actually calling a women's basketball game, so I didn't get to watch it. But I was shocked yeah. that it went the way that that game did because Buffalo has consistently beaten the crap out of New England. Going back out to of Miami, out of why do I keep saying New England? Out of Miami, 
Like you go back to the year that um, they almost made the playoffs, where they needed the Steelers to lose or whatever, yeah, and didn't happen anyway. If they would have beat, I know if they would have <laughs> beaten, all they had to do was beat Buffalo, and they controlled their own destiny. They were in the playoffs, uh, or they needed to lose. If they lost, they needed the Steelers to also lose. The Steelers won afterwards, but they lost by like when you have a game that make the playoffs and you lose by like forty plus points. Yeah, like I remember watching that, and I was like, "What am I? What? What is happening? Like Buffalo has just always killed Miami, yeah. always in the regular season." I don't know what it is. Um, Atlanta's terrible. Uh, thank God Luke Blaine's not here this morning. I'll just say Dude, that. It, yeah. Because none of us would get a word in, in the next hour. He has a post on his Twitter feed that you can go check yeah. out if you would like to. I mean, here, here's what I'll say. If I'm happy to support the guy. Yeah, because I, I gave him a hard time. I'm I'm really happy that he's living in the moment. I fear. Living in the moment. What a way to put it. I, I fear for his downfall, man. I do. It's gonna be- I don't. I have never. I still am not bought into the Titans no, whatsoever. Not even. I mean, a, a win's bit. a win in the NFL, and you know what? They're two and two, and they're in a prime position. To, you keep winning football games. I mean, who knows? Let's not act like that. They just beat the 2019 or 2021 Bengals. Yeah. Like this is a Bengals team. I mean, we can also get into that a little bit. That is in full panic mode because. It's not only that Joe Burrow is not healthy. There are a lot of other issues. This was only, of their four games, this was, besides the Rams game, this is the least amount of rushing yards that they've allowed on the ground, and it was like 175. Yeah. So there's been two other games that the Bengals have allowed more yards on the ground than what they allowed to Derrick Henry. Um, Not good. It's, they are bad. They're bad. Uh, Chicago, bad, but Fields had the best day of his career. I feel so bad for him. Yeah. Uh, I shouldn't, I shouldn't have texted the group chat. That's what happened, man. No. I shouldn't uh, have texted the group chat. Your Eagles win again, undefeated on the season. Swift only had 56 yards. Yeah, I mean, they, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously you take the wins, but they still haven't looked great this year. Um, but, I mean, Hurts Hurt, Hurt actually probably had his best game of the season. Yeah. A.J. Brown, I mean. Dog. It was A.J. Brown. So, uh, was a great one. I'd appreciate if A.J. Brown gave some touches to Devontae Smith a little bit more. The. But. Game I really I'd appreciate that. did not expect at all was the Dallas score, 38-3 to over Bill Belichick in New England. Yeah, that I was, don't know. The Pats are really bad. I didn't have that. They bad. are. They benchmagged uh, Jones. Yeah, I, I did rough. not watch a second of that game. Neither did I. I fell asleep during all the late I think everyone did. I'm so tired of the Cowboys constantly getting that 4 o'clock kickoff that it's no longer fun to watch them No, every single no, week in that 4 o'clock it, kickoff. It's not at all. Uh, Stroud's a guy. Houston oh, took care of So Pittsburgh. happy for him. Yeah, he, he's definitely a guy. And what's really interesting about that is, like, Houston's I, – I mean, I guess you can give them credit for, like, building up Watson correctly, and it looks like they're on the way to doing that with Stroud. Um, but really, they've been more like Chicago than they have it, where it's just like a quarterback graveyard of rookies yeah. that they draft I mean, in the first round. They've done better with it, though, because you talk about Deshaun no, Watson, that you know, they built him up. Even Davis Mills the last couple of years – I thought Mills was good yeah, enough. I thought I there were a lot of people saying like they shouldn't take a quarterback. They should be dra- like trading back. And he's good yeah. They enough, should build either draft uh, d- uh, uh, what, what the hell is it? the defender that they Will had. Anderson. Yeah, they should have drafted Will Anderson. But to go and get both. Of them. But then they got both of them anyway. Yeah, that was, it, that was yeah. a heck of a draft night for him. And I think that became possible once they realized okay, like they they figured Stroud was going to fall to them. But I think if Stroud would have went one, I think you would have seen them probably just go Will Anderson and not make right. that trick and stayed with Mills. But they love Stroud, and I'm so happy for him. Like I, it, 
They this could, is the first time in forever that an Ohio State has looked like they've had a good rookie quarterback they, besides Joe Burrow. They uh, <laughs> they could be a team that wins some games here. They could. Houston, like their defense is pretty good. When you have a quarterback, and put, their defense is good. They got a good run game. They have a great, yeah. They have. A, they've always had that. Pierce is last year. He was yeah. great. They've, they're continuing that. And if you have a quarterback that does not throw interceptions, which he has yet to do, right, and throws for three hundred yards a game, which he's done every game. What? I mean, their receivers that's also a great don't get team. Too. No, no. Nico Collins and yeah, Dell. Nico Collins is great. And Dell's Tank a Dell, dude too. Tank Dell's a dude, and they're they're both young. Nico Collins second year, Tank Dell first year. Yeah, yeah. they're gonna if you can keep them together with, with Stroud and too. and yeah, they they're all young. young that offense is gonna be coming clicking together and. Oh, they're clicking now. I mean, I know that they're two and two, but they blew out Jacksonville. They killed Pittsburgh, and a lot of that was just inexperience. Like that first game that Stroud yeah, played, like for sure, he got to the red zone how many times? Three, four times, and they just couldn't yeah, figure. Like, that game against Baltimore was fairly tight too, to yeah. be fair. And, but that first game, like I was watching that one, and, was, and he throws for three hundred yards. He was super accurate. He was very efficient. But then every, I think they kicked like three or four field goals where yeah. they got down to the red zone, and things get t- a lot tougher in the NFL in the red zone than they are in college. It looked like that's where he struggled a little bit. He couldn't get the ball in the end zone. He's now putting the ball in the end zone, and it's becoming it's becoming legit. It now, is now. Granted, it is against the Steelers, a really bad team. Well, so I don't know if they're a really bad team, but they were bad yesterday. Uh, and for the first time in my life, Mike Tomlin didn't use coach speak after the game. He said he vows there's going to be changes. Yeah, I, there better be. And by the way, also another uh, Matt Canada promotion. No, completely <laughs> off the field. Two weeks in a row, the Steelers have had to ground their plane flying home. Yeah. I don't understand what the hell that is. Well, they had an emergency land in Kansas City after winning against Vegas last week. And then they had like a six-hour delay or something yesterday because the plane would not start or something. Like, I, Well, I don't I know there was a lot of fog. Like, West Virginia had to fly into Pittsburgh because Morgantown was so foggy. Okay, when they came so, back. May, so maybe it's some of the weather here. Uh, yeah, okay. I guess that's All something. Right, well, maybe I, don't, that's like, I don't know what it is. It was super, like, this morning was oh, this so morning? foggy. It's like you couldn't have laid a plane this no, no, the not plane a chance. this morning. Like, like, sometimes there's that morning fog here, but, like, when you're outside, it's not as bad as what it looks like from, yeah. you know, your apartment window or whatever. But it, it was bad. Like, I don't know if you looked in between you plays Yeah, I saw you Seneca. take a picture of it. I was like, yeah. what is he taking a And then you saw it. Like, it looks yeah. like that's, like, the edge of the world. Like, it looked like it wasn't reality. Because usually Flat you Earth, can man. see that far, yeah. yeah. Flat Earth, that's uh, where it ends. Pretty Oregon crazy. Town, West Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> pretty crazy. Uh, Jets, Zach Wilson, 245 yards last night. That looked pretty good. 23-20. I did not watch any of that game. I watched all of it. I could not have – I would have had to mute the game. There's no way I could have listened to it. See, I. There's it's no a shame things. because I actually like – I used – I used to hate Tariko, and I think oh, I'm I realizing why I hate Tariko. Oh, it's okay. because he would call every single Notre Dame game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I hate Notre Dame, and when you call every single one of their games, you become a fan of them, and it was very clear of, like, he, he favored in Notre Dame, as he should have, as NBC does, because they have all their games. So I, I think that's my core. But now that I've seen him step away from Notre Dame, I'm like, okay, this guy's he's good. He's, he's a very good. good play-by-play guy. He's entertaining. He makes the jokes at the right time. Like, I know you didn't watch it, but, like, when he does make his when he did make his Taylor Swift jokes, which I'm sure his the producers are making them do because that's what they're trying to bring in. Like he he said like in his pregame when they're like saying all that stuff, he goes, "Hi Swifties, I'm so and so. Like I'll be taking you through tonight's game." I was like, funny. I was like, all right, that's funny. Like you have all the Swifties watching. He was like, "Hi Swifties, I'm like 
I was like, okay, that's like he, those things. He makes that stuff entertaining. But Collinsworth, yeah. Oh, oh my, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, Collinsworth now. on a Chiefs game. I can't. There's, there's no <laughs> chance. There's just no chance. But uh, the Jets played well, better than I had anticipated them to play. And if Zach Wilson can do that more this season. They might be all right. Also, Aaron Rodgers, like, already basically walking almost. Yeah, he said he Crazy. plans on coming back before the end of the season. Crazy. Not even play. He plans on coming back before the end of the season. 28-39, 245, and two touchdowns. Played better than Mahomes last night, did Zach Wilson. Yeah, no, he did. <laughs> um, I will say this, though. Brees Hall should have got more carries. Yeah. I don't <laughs> think anybody is saying that the Chiefs outplayed the Jets. It's just that's the way that football goes sometimes. Yeah. The, how the cookie crumbles and um, – a lot of criticism with the officials on Twitter. I really don't think it was that bad. There was that bad call on Sauce, and, like, that happens. You're going to have I to explain mean, it. I don't know. You tell me. Yeah. Was it that bad? That one was bad. Okay. But um, at the same time, I mean, you can look at that one and go, okay, that's a really bad call, but that safety shouldn't have also been a safety, and that ended up in five points uh, right. in terms of the Jets' favor. So, I mean, yeah. like, you can look at all of those things throughout the course of the game, and it really wasn't – there were bad calls both ways. It was a typical officiating NFL game, I think. It really wasn't that bad. It was, okay. yeah, I don't know. It, I, it's I just, that. That's fair. It's just the cookie, the cookie did not crumble in the Jets' favor sometimes. They had opportunities that, despite how well that they played, you got to connect on. They had two drop touchdown passes. They weren't dropped. They were the one, the Conklin one in the end zone was dropped a little bit, a little bit of a missed throw. But then you have that one down the sideline to Garrett Wilson where he has five yards on his guy. He played a great game, but you got to put that on your guy. Like, that's got to be a touchdown against yeah. the Chiefs. Like, it, unfortunate, but, you know, definitely a positive sign for the Jets going forward. Yeah. Um, what? I'm taking my sweatshirt off. You can pick any game you want to talk about, Brian. Oh, I mean, I guess, I, I guess I'll, I'll talk about the Denver-Chicago game because that was a game that uh, – Oh man! Yeah, I mean, we kind of talked about it before, but um, I mean, Justin Fields. I, 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 I was happy for Justin Fields, obviously my fantasy quarterback, but that's besides the point. Um, he balled oh, out. Don't even enough. get me started on fantasy, dude. Yeah, I, I won't because I know. I hate. I you went off, bro. I went off. But uh, I, uh, I every think, single I except my dynasty. My league again. You know, I don't like to talk about it, but I'm pretty good at it. To be fair. Yeah, I was telling Tanner on the way here. I'm in a league that's it's standard PPR, so the scoring's regular. See what you did. There's one extra. There's, do, you, do you see what you did? Now we have to listen hey, to this. Hey, shut up. <laughs> there's one extra. There's one extra player. So like, take that into account. But I'm currently sitting at 215 points mm. with Kenneth Walker and a kicker. So you take that extra player out, even if you take Kenneth Walker out, an over 200 point week, man. It's a great week. That's a good week, Brian. All right, I'll, moving on. No, 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 no. <laughs> What's up? Just between me and you, I lost to B- Roberto by 0.75. Oh man, you're not going to hear the end of it. No, no. Well, um, I, if it makes you feel better, Tanner, I played against Christian McCaffrey. Hey, excuse me. Nobody cares about your fantasy teams. No, I understand. <laughs> right, actually, let me, let me say something about the Eagles real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, my dad texted me after the game. He's like, this might be the worst 4-0 football team in NFL history. Which is not true. That is not true at all. It, it's you a joke, the first but, worst right, 4-0 let's, team. Let's it's the Steelers from 2020. Steelers. I told him that yesterday. <laughs> I, told, I said, Brian, there was an 11-0 team that was the worst 11-0 team I've ever seen. Anyways, okay. They're, they're it, not, turns, it always turns into the Steelers, man. Anyways. Actually, okay, to be fair, I turned it into the Steelers. Not I didn't, I didn't say I'll, I'll, I'll cover for him. I'll cover for him. But well, one of them did. Go ahead. What? There's two of them. Go ahead. Okay. Tanner, <laughs> let Brian talk. You were yelling at him off air that he wasn't talking yeah, enough. Now no, you're not I letting try, him talk. I try, man. I try. Go ahead. Brian's Brian. finally awake. Go ahead, I, was, Brian. I was awake this whole morning, but um, yeah. Uh, 
why, 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 why? Okay, anyways. Um, no, but as I was saying, they, they, I said it before, they haven't looked great. Um, obviously, the, 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 the losses they had on defense over the offseason hurts a little bit with C.J. Garner-Johnson. I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of worried about this, the Eagles a little bit. Not, I don't know if worried is the right word because they are sitting at 4-0. But, I mean, obviously their schedule has been pretty favorable to them. But, I mean, I don't know. i got to see more from Jalen Hurts. He hasn't been as aggressive as he normally plays, and he kind of slides a lot now. I guess that's to – I don't even know if those are slides. Yeah, I don't really, I don't really he know. He kind of just falls down. Yeah, but, I mean, i gotta, I got I to gotta look who they're playing next week. But, I mean, 4-0, you're beating the teams you should beat. So, I guess that's a good sign. Oh, it's the Rams, yeah. Um, Rams, Jets, Dolphins, Commanders. Cow- yeah, so You've got I a mean, fairly easy schedule. Yeah, and then they play the, the no. Cowboys it gets Chiefs, tough, though. Well, no, it, it gets yeah, but tough. the next like you could build a lead if you can if you can. Yeah, I mean, yeah. no, I, even coming into the year, nobody. Th- you're lucky to be four zero, I think, with how bad the chief the team has played. But then you got to yeah. look at that and be like, okay, we have time to figure it out because these are the games that we should be yeah, winning because you have the Jets coming up. Who, if Zach Wilson continues to play this way with that defense, is still going to be a legit team. You have the Dolphins, Cowboys, Chiefs, Bills, 49ers, Cowboys again. Like it gets, oh yeah, it gets tough. So you, that's why you got to beat the teams you. Yeah, have, and, and they are, and you know you got to think, okay, you have time to clean it up. And even if you can just go 500 against those teams, you might not have the year that you thought that you were going to have. But you know you're then at that point praying for the Cowboys' yeah. downfall and hoping that. You know, they do what they do, but I said I thought the Cowboys were going to win this division just because there hasn't been a repeat winner since, what, 2004? Yeah. Dude, it could be Washington. What do you mean? It's not going to be Washington. <laughs> Let's calm down on Washington. Washington hey, is barely 2 They probably should have won that game yesterday. Yeah, and there's two games that they probably should have lost this <laughs> season as well. What would that put them at, 3-1? and one? They oh. should not have beaten the Cardinals. They should not have beaten the Broncos. They should probably be 4-0 and at this point, or 0-4. Yeah, well, they're not. I know they're not, but... <laughs> No, I understand what you say. That's what the Commanders do, though. Um, I know, and it oh, makes right. me so angry. We're going to talk about the AFC North for a second, okay? Because everybody keeps telling me I should be so worried about the Steelers. I sit here and tell you that three and uh, three of the teams in the AFC North, I told Mounts this this morning, combined for 12 total points yesterday. Three teams. The Browns, the Steelers, and the Bengals all combined for 12 total points, each of them kicking only field goals. Steelers at least had two of them. The Ravens, they get a win. Uh, in Cleveland, twenty-eight to three. That to me says a lot about that Browns defense. Yeah, no, but that, that was same, crazy. At the same time, I would not have had that. Um, and D- Dorian Thompson Robinson played. It was not Deshaun Watson. Right. I get I, it. I would be a little bit worried in the fact that Lamar Jackson remembered that he can run the football, and he also remembered that he has Mark Andrews. And when he was doing those two things, is when the Ravens were really good. I yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Lamar, I think, has only beaten the Steelers twice. Since he's entered the league. But I think they're going to win a lot of... Yeah, no, I, I get that. Well, he has to stay healthy. Because that's the other part. That's the I only reason he's beaten the Steelers twice. He's only played them, I think, five times. And he's been in the league six years. That's a team you play twice a year in, in the Ravens, yeah. or vice versa. The Steelers play the Ravens twice a year. And he's played them five times in six years. So that means you should have 12 starts against them if you're a healthy quarterback, and he's missed seven games. Yes, he's remembered how to run. And, yes, they made the Cleveland defense, which looked top three, maybe even number one this year, look terrible. Uh, I know that they were on the field a lot because Dorian Thompson Robinson kind of turned over the ball. And I think for Cleveland, honestly, if you ask them off the record completely, Stefanski, would you rather lost this game than have DTR go out there and just look amazing? 
Probably. The answer would have probably been, no, I would have rather had him lose. Yeah, for the long term. Yeah, <laughs> because you need to prove that Brown. Watson was worth it, and I think that yeah. yesterday kind of helps that argument uh, quite a bit. But other than that, I mean, Cleveland was terrible. Lamar only threw 186 passing yards, okay? I get but what he was, you're saying. He was 15 of 19. Yeah, which All has right. always been his – the efficiency is what you need yeah. from Lamar. Um, Tennessee really took care of Cincinnati, and you say panic mode, I say maybe – not all the way there yet. For Cincy? They still have Burrow. And I know he's not healthy, but they still have Joe Burrow. But it's getting to the point now where it's like but the he AFC. Getting, he was getting killed. He was getting killed. Was and getting killed. the AFC is so legit that you are starting to. You start one and four. I don't know if you can. You make start the one and four, maybe you shut Burrow down for the year and you lose a year of that, but you have a really high draft. You're going, you're going to Arizona. That has to be a win. Uh, you want to make the playoffs? They, play, they they could have almost that, beat San Fran yesterday. That has to be. I don't. You want to make the playoffs? You cannot start yeah. a one and four with losses to the Titans, Cardinals, and Rams. Or you beat the Rams, but Titans and Cardinals back to back. The Rams are their only win right now. Yeah. Um, so they're one and three. Yeah. And I think the Rams are. The Rams will make the playoffs in the NFC. I think the Rams really, yeah, they're not that bad. Stafford's look pretty good. He's they're not, they're not great, but they're, they're they're a lot better than what people thought they were going to be. I think it was just people thought that they were going to be so hurt. Yeah, and you were counting on teams like Minnesota to be better. Minnesota's not look very good. Well, if they if if the Rams don't find Puganakua, yeah, it, yeah, that's probably like, a fair point too. Like that offense is probably right he, back where it was last. He's become he Cooper led the Cuff. NFL in receiving again yesterday. He had 163 yeah. and he yards. He finally got into the end zone. It baffled oh, he hadn't me. Scored yet? I, I, I was didn't not think. Very... I didn't think so. Like I had no idea, but they said like finally he like gets into the end. I, oh wow! That must have been that, his yeah, first crazy. touchdown. I'm okay. gonna look it up, but it's. All, I mean, not to uh, switch gears here, but it, it, it's it's interesting to me what happens when you get Baker Mayfield, like a pretty talented roster, and I mean, yeah, first touchdown. Talk Tampa Bay. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I'll, I'll talk I Tampa Bay. Like we, we, me and Tanner, we were especially, we were like higher on Baker Mayfield going to the year probably than most people were. But like, if you look on that roster, like they, their offense is really talented. Obviously, he has been the best quarterback in the NFC South by far. Has Baker Mayfield? He's thrown yeah. seven touchdowns already this season, only one interception. Uh, the next closest in the league or in the in the division is uh, Derek Carr, that's only thrown two touchdown passes. Uh, Bryce Young's thrown two touchdown passes, and Ritter's also thrown two touchdown Bryce passes. Looks rough, man. He looks I know rough. He doesn't have help. But Ritter looks like he should not be the quarterback. Uh, you see that interaction between him and uh, who's that receiver that didn't dap him up? Uh, it was like wasn't Mac Collins? Yeah, that's who yes. it was. Yeah, Mac Collins. Uh, but Tampa looks good, and their defense you, is definitely good. They have not they had not won in New Orleans in a while, and they go in there and they dominated New Orleans, and that was with Carr in the game. And then Tampa fans were very happy to see Jameis come in and just throw a pick, kind of solidify. I'm rooting for Jameis. Oh, I am too, but eh, I don't know, man. I don't know. He comes in one throw, one interception (laughs) against his former team. Um, Baker Baker looks good. Brian really gets frustrated with Rashad White at the goal line. Yeah, they don't give him the ball when they're at the one-yard line, which is a little Drives wild. Brian crazy. He was getting so mad yesterday. It was like three times, bro. And they just, gets, it's so funny. But hey, I mean, Baker was getting his stats up, three touchdown passes. So. He was. That that goal line fade he threw, too, that was, was nice, a really yeah. good throw. And, like, he's a very big front runner is Baker. When things are going well, he plays well. But when they're not, he doesn't. Yeah, um, I mean, and, you know, I wonder I think how long that, he keeps it up. Yeah, he likes being the underdog and – they're definitely an underdog team, but maybe now that they're 3-1, and one, uh, things are kind of shifting the other way. But we've also seen them play 
much more talented teams like Philadelphia and saw how that went. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, another test of the Lions coming up yeah. next week. Or, It'll be exciting. No, they go to the bye two weeks they play the Lions. Yeah, I, I'm excited. It's already week five. Um, yeah. Well, after okay. tonight. Quarter done with the Fantasy so, yeah, football's in full swing. We're going to talk about the next the next week, like looking ahead a little bit after this 930 break here because we will not have a show Friday. I think, Mounts, you're the only one staying in town. Uh, so you want to plug yourself for this weekend to tune in to Tanner Mounts here. You can do that if you'd like. If you want to do that to yourself and listen to me for three hours multiple times this weekend, hey, I'll appreciate it. Well, tell but, the people what you're doing. Oh, well, the soccer matches. Yeah. That'll be me. Well, Th- Thursday night, Oklahoma State. Or, yeah, no, Thursday night's home. Oklahoma. Sorry. Yeah, I honestly am, have not prepped yet. It's okay. So. He's got Oklahoma Thursday night. Are you doing both on Sunday? You're doing the doubleheader yourself? I don't think so. Okay, so you're only doing I don't know. Oh, we'll have to look. I said put me on whatever you need. All right, so Mounts is said. doing the color commentating on Wednesday night. Let's start there. Uh, Loyola, Maryland's in town, men's soccer. I'll be on the play-by-play. Thursday night, he will be play-by-playing Oklahoma versus West Virginia on the women's side of things. By the way, the women had a good weekend, which they needed. Uh, and then Sunday's a doubleheader here on U92 starting at 1 o'clock. Uh, first, the women will play Oklahoma State, and then the men will play James Madison, both of those being conference games for the two respective teams. Mounts will be on three of the four games, maybe four of the four games. We'll have to make sure on that. Um, I think Manny's got one. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Yeah, I think I'm three of the four. Yeah. Uh, Indianapolis, they stormed back against the Rams, but the Rams got the win. We kind of already talked about how the Rams have been better than what people thought. I don't really want to talk more about Denver and Chicago, but God, Denver's bad. Chicago's even worse. Um, Honestly, is it the worst thing if you're Chicago? Chicago, and you're looking at you're looking at Justin Fields, and you see, okay, we got that performance out of him, and we're still losing for a good draft pick. Is that the worst thing? Uh, if you're going to try to keep building around him, then no. That's what I'm saying. Like, but if, if you're going to try to restart, then yes. If he, yeah, then that's well. That's I guess rough. the no too because they lost. But I'm saying like, oh, I mean, here's the issue. Let's say Justin Fields plays just a hypothetical thing here. Let's say Justin Fields plays somewhat like this, where he shows like, okay. He's very efficient. He throws for a lot of yards, throws for a lot of touchdowns. He is a guy. Like, he's a guy that you can build your championship or your team around. And you finish with the number one overall pick. You finish with the number one overall pick, you know what you do? You're trading him and you're taking Caleb Holmes? No. You take Marvin Harrison Jr. and give him a receiver. That's why I, I think that's why they're hoping. That that's they, what I would do. I think if you're Chicago, the best case scenario is you finish with the second or third overall pick. And you're able to take And, well, and the, Justin Fields looks good. Yeah, they have Carolina's pick, yeah, and Carolina's yeah, not pick. good either. They have right no, now, right now they the have the first and today, second they, pick. Yeah, they That's have right. the first and second pick, which to me means you draft two guys at one and two. I'm sorry, you do. You don't trade out of it. I know you could get a haul, but you need to start changing now. And you already have gotten your haul from last year's draft. You but need the thing to, is they're so bad at drafting. Well, I, so bad you gotta, at you got to take Routman Marv. Yeah, you and then clearly got to take some kind of – offensive line help thing there or you take somebody to help that deep because they they signed some guys on that defense yeah, honestly if like justin this, if justin fields looks the way that he does call me crazy but well they won't have the first and second pick then either i know but let's say they have the carolina gives them like the second overall pick and then they also finish like the sixth yeah you take marvin harrison at two yeah. brock bowers at six i don't think that's awful and just Say we're all in. If Bowers is there at six, 
yeah. I mean, if he plays the way, if he continues to play the way that he is, he might not be. But right. No, I, no, I think I, they really I, I want think that, that second. If they pick. have two top five picks, they need to draft at both of those spots. Yeah. Here's a te- here's an- another hypothetical for you. If you're the number one team and Chicago has let's say two and three, and they're not sold on Justin Fields, they offer you both first and Justin Fields for. Yeah, I'd take that. You take that and yeah. give up Caleb Williams. Yep. I don't know, man. I, I would. So yeah. he might just be. Yeah. He's that good. I don't know. I I, I, don't, I don't know. But I mean, you're getting because the second get, and third overall three, pick and Justin Fields, Fields. and yeah. Routman Marv, and then I'd probably end up taking if that. You're, yeah. Like. Who's is that there? what it would take? Like I don't know. Oh, I'm getting it. Well, if it's Aaron, I hope Tansky's listening because man, if draft talks get me yeah, get me excited. Man, me. I did not respond to him. He texted me at like midnight asking if I was going to let him on here this morning and talk about Red October. I'm sorry, Sean, I did not text you back. But the answer would have been no. <laughs> um, <laughs> we don't care, Sean. We don't. Nor does anybody else listening except you. Okay. Right. You guys first are round lose. exits. Who are they playing? The Marlins. Oh, <laughs> give me Miami. Uh, they get the home field. They'll beat Miami. Oh, but then they get the there. Braves. Yeah, so they're done. I don't care. They're not doing anything. Yeah. Uh, the Rays have Texas. That's, I don't know. People said that last year, though. God, I hate Philly. The Rays have in Texas. I'm not this. excited about that. Don't love it. Also, it sucks. Actually, I, I, I like it more because I get to watch them now for sure. Yeah. They play it. 3.30 every day. Yeah. Like, they're the first game of the day, which people are frustrated about because getting over the bridge at 3.30 to go to that game, for yeah. that's impossible. Yeah. Now that I don't have, like, now that the Yankees aren't in it, I really, really miss that one-game wild card because as somebody that you can just, like, watch that game, yeah. it's so exciting. But it, I understand why yeah. it's not a thing anymore. Because once you have a team in, you absolutely hate that one-game wild card because that's how baseball is. Right. Baseball is so, like hit or miss on any given day that you want more than one game but i think it was when was that um the rays had to play the a's in the one game wild card and they won i think that was the year they went to the world series but yeah i don't i'm I'm glad they changed that and yeah again sean we know you are listening nobody cares about red october i'm sorry it's not even that special anyway. No. Like, it's not that great. It's not even that special. <laughs> He's going to be ready to hey. kill us. <laughs> <laughs> Just like any other playoff environment, really. Up there in Philly? Yeah. yeah. Ring the bell. What does that even mean? Man? The bell's broken, Sean. The Liberty Bell is broken. You can't ring it. It doesn't even make sense. <laughs> Can Philly do one thing right? That's, that's, a, that's a really good point. Actually, <laughs> I hope. I hope. I can't wait for the text, man. Yeah. Uh, and if not, we'll make sure he goes and listens to the podcast. All right, we're going to break. When we come back, we'll preview the next week of the NFL and maybe talk a little more baseball. Brian, Tanner, and I will be here the remainder of the day. It's Beat the Clock on U93. Do you like sports? How about a new perspective on it? It's the Sparta New Year podcast with myself, U92 Sports Director Tanner Labor, and my good friend from Michigan State, Ethan Hunter. We talk about everything from the NHL to pizza, college basketball, and golf. And whatever deep dive we have for you this week, it's the Spartaneer, a cross between East Lansing and Morgantown, with roots in Columbus. Join us weekly as we discuss and laugh about what's happened. Find it on your preferred podcast platform by searching the Spartaneer or at unitedtothemoose.com. That's S-P-A-R-T-A-N-E-E-R. Spartaneer. What's poppin', what's poppin', everybody? I'm Mike. I'm Brian. And this is Hoopin' with Mike and Brian, a sports podcast where we talk everything hoops, giving insight, giving our own opinion about the basketball world. Right? Yeah, we're out on all platforms, as we know. And along with that, make sure you subscribe to our socials. Uh, on YouTube, we are at Hoopin' with Mike and Brian. On Instagram, we're at Hoopin.mb. On TikTok, we're also at Hoopin.mb. And then on Twitter, we're at Hoopin underscore MB. Yeah. Keep hoopin'. 
Take a walk back in time with U92's own Time Warp. Tune in as we start with the legendary founders of rock and roll from the swinging 50s. Then we move along to the psychedelic 60s to be taken through the British invasion and plenty more. We fly on over to the disco-infused 1970s to hear the origins of punk, synthesizers, and more. We touch down in the electronic 80s. Is it classic rock? U92 The Moose has you covered. This is the Time Warp. Remember to tune in every Saturday morning from 9 a.m. until noon, only on 91.7. Are your mornings boring? Well, they're not going to be anymore. U92's all-new sports show, Beat the Clock, is Monday and Friday mornings on U92, 7 to 9 a.m. Wake up and beat the clock with the sports staff. Can't beat the clock? Well, then you're going to have to find it as a podcast. Search the sports page on your preferred podcast platform where it's paired up with U92's Wednesday night show, The Sports Page. Wednesday night, 6 to 10 on U92. Join us then as we talk about everything in the sports world. There's always great laughs and fantastic discussion. Beat the clock and the sports page. Find out more at U92TheMoose.com. Welcome back in. Sports fit or sports fit. See, now we were talking about it. Beat the <laughs> clock on U92. That threw me off. It's all right. Um, we're going to talk about the NFL a little bit more, but the upcoming games. Also, tonight, there's still a game left here in week four. Seattle at the Giants. Come on, Gino, get it done. All right, we'll move on now. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, we got a huge one on Thursday night football this week. Just an absolute beautiful game. Uh, Chicago at the Commanders. Mounts, you're gonna be tuned in. Uh, yeah, because I got some fantasy guys, so <laughs> I'll be watching for fantasy. Yeah, um, yeah. Terrible game, by the way. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I mean, there's something I, I think NFL fans can watch to see if Justin Fields can do it twice in a row. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Like, I mean, that's a, that's a reason to watch if you can do that one. I don't know. All right, uh, Jacksonville's at Buffalo, nine thirty a.m. on Sunday. We got another. Game over across the pond in England. Only 78 bucks to get in. That's not bad. You want to make that trip, Brian? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, if it's on you. No, <laughs> uh. definitely not. Um, other than that, you got some fairly good games this week, I think. Maybe. We get Dallas in prime time. Say, get Cowboys. excited, Mounts. You going to watch the Cowboys at 8.30 instead of at 4.00. As they long play as play the Niners at Levi Stadium. I, I'm just happy Joe Buck and Troy Aikman are not calling that game. I love that they've gotten moved to that Monday night where they're not calling the Dallas game every single week. Yeah. Because listening to Joe Buck was whatever with the Cowboys, but listening to Troy Aikman sometimes throwing the word we when talking about the Cowboys on the broadcast, yeah. I'd be like, Oh, that's just unprofessional. But <laughs> um yeah, I'm I'm already kind of sick of the coverage around Dallas and I wish, like, I get that, that it's Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson always doing America's Game of the Week, but I wouldn't have a problem if they rotated that crew. Also, because um, I, I think that's a really good crew. Sean is not listening, but I texted what he said, and he said, you're an idiot to me. Well, that's that's really insightful, That's Sean. mean, Sean. That's mean, man. That's mean, Sean. Um, some of the other games around the league, you've got a lot of divisional matchups this week for the most part. Obviously, um, 
starting in Pittsburgh, but you've got Tennessee and Indianapolis as well. Uh, maybe not as many as I thought when I first looked at it. No, I guess not. Just two by the look of it. Houston's playing Atlanta. That could be an interesting game to see how well Stroud can play in that on the road. In where the last time – well, no, I guess that game – was that game at Mercedes-Benz, right? What? When Stroud lit it up against Georgia. Like, last time he was there, he played really well. I think that's right. That playoff game was in Georgia. Yeah, yeah I think that's right. Yeah, it was. Because it was a home game for yeah. the Dogs. Yeah. Because why wouldn't it be? And it's the SEC. They got outplayed. They <laughs> yeah, they did. Um, they won. They so, won. yeah, he played really well last time he played at that stadium. Uh, Philly's got the Rams, Brian. You got any thoughts on that game? Uh, it's, it's in L.A., right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, again, another opportunity for the Eagles to uh, – I, I mean, I got to see more from Hurts, man. I don't know. And okay. I don't think the Rams are that bad of a team. And the defense has to be better overall. But, I mean, for the most part, I th- I th- I'd like to think the Eagles should take care of business. I, I'm excited to see that Kansas City-Minnesota game at 425 with Jim Nance. Uh, oh, now he's on. Okay. Well, <laughs> Sean, we're 4-0, let, let, Let's re-say what we just said then before the break. Uh, Mount says that the Liberty Bell is cracked, so it doesn't ring. So that makes no sense anyway. Fair <laughs> enough. You can't ring the Liberty Bell. You'll break it. It's yeah. already broken, Sean. Yeah. Uh, Mount said that that place Like Philadelphia is, is. Yeah. Just like any other environment it's around the that. league. Yeah. I mean, a playoff atmosphere in Philly is not nearly as good as like a playoff atmosphere in Boston. But Or Tampa Bay. <laughs> okay. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> It's going to be wild down there at the Trop. Bro, it's Troptober. I forgot to mention. Happy Troptober, everybody. Good for you, man. Hey, 98 wins. That's pretty good. For what the Rays had to go through, that's incredible, honestly. Yeah. The amount of injuries, and it, it's it's a wild scene down there. Um, we'll go see. Marlins, man. Yeah, I hope the Marlins. I'm starting to get all bought in on Miami. I'll tell you what. Yeah. It's becoming my city. Well, I don't think anybody really had the Marlins making the playoffs, to be honest. Yeah, no, and I and love, they did it. Also love those uniforms. Uh, by the way, huge oh. news for the Orioles. Uh, Felix Bautista, I think, is who it was, right? He went down, UCL, he's done. Tommy John, their number one guy. No idea. On the mound. I know you're not paying attention to baseball. I think that's right. Um yeah, that's big news for the Orioles. Uh and what's going on. All right, let's wow. let's do the MOB for half a second here. Wow. We'll, we'll do it. According to Sean Tansky, he goes on the record. Uh-huh. I'm terrified of playing the Marlins. Oh. Told you that oh. red October. That said that's the only team he's scared of. Maybe not even the Braves that he's got to play in the second round, but the Marlins are the only team that he's scared of. Hmm. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah, Felix Maybe Red October is not that special if you're scared of losing to the Marlins with home field advantage. Not that special, man. Batista's out. All right, so your matchups here, they start tomorrow. The wild card round does. The Rays are on ABC, baby. Uh, part of that is because of the writer's strike. I don't know if you guys have noticed this as Brian leaves the room because he just does not care. <laughs> what? Oh, he's, he's going he's gonna to go get a drink. He's going to go. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, so, Mounts, have you noticed this? Like, since the writer's strike, there's no new TV shows out. Right? You've yeah. noticed that, right? Yeah. A little bit. So now, like, all of the sports are getting flexed to, like, where TV shows would be. Because, like, ABC and CBS and NBC and Fox, they have no new shows to air. So, like, CBS is replaying all of Yellowstone right now on Sundays yeah. because they have nothing to air. Uh, definitely interesting. But, like, uh, Fox has come out and they've said, like, the uh, Big Bang Theory is going to re air. And, like, it's just wild. So you got the Rays on ABC both days, Tuesday and Wednesday. 
Uh, that's pretty huge in this three-game stretch. Both those games at 3 o'clock, unfortunately. Toronto is at Minnesota playing the Twins, who won the uh, American League Central. Tickets as low as $11 to that playoff game in Minnesota. Sean, or Sean Tanner at 4.30. Arizona and Milwaukee, good to see the D-backs made it. And then Miami and Philly is the late game every single night as well. So that's, that's pretty exciting stuff. Uh, I, I do like playoff baseball. Playoff baseball is pretty fun. And uh, I'm interested to see what my Tampa Bay Rays can get done. Glass now is going to go day one. Eflin day two. Uh, for the Phillies and Marlins, it'll be Jesus Luzerato against Zach Wheeler, game one. And then Braxton Garrett versus Aaron Nola, game two. Uh, and then in the other games, no pitchers have been decided on, on the matchup. The Twins will throw Pablo Lopez day one and Sonny Gray day two. Toronto's yet to announce anything in Arizona and Milwaukee. The same way. Oh God! Why did you do that? Because we're talking MLB. I was you, like, we'll bring in old Sean on here. Sean, you have two minutes. Here, turn on this mic. I'll hold it up to this one. Sean, you got two minutes. Well, you think it was ultimate? Turn him up. Hold on. You got to speak more clearly, man. Hold on. Hold on. He says, and we're waiting on the guest. Gosh. Well, I mean, Tanner, uh, you did not respond to my text last night. I was very, very upset. I was asleep. Mm-hmm. No, at I was. At night. Yeah, I was. a glorious football game that may or may not have been rigged last night. <laughs> uh, that's, that's, what that's what Twitter is saying. That's what Twitter is saying? Yeah, that's what Twitter is saying. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, that's uh, the best month of the entire year. It's Red October. And, uh, are you ready for me to go on another run, Tanner? I know you're excited. For for what? Are you ready for me to go on another run? I mean, the Phillies are uh, they're built for October. The Phillies are built for October, Brian. Just like the Eagles are built for February. Yeah, how'd yes, they do last they February? Yes, they are, Big Mac. Yes, they are. Oh, my God. We didn't uh, play in February, yeah, sucker. No, um, <laughs> of course, playoff baseball, I'm excited. But I am terrified of the Marlins. Uh, for whatever reason, the past couple of years... They just really had our number. I mean, they ended uh, they ended pretty much three consecutive seasons. They ended us in 2020 in the COVID year. They ended us in 2021. Uh, last year, they didn't get to us, but this year, we haven't played too well against them. And that really was the one team I didn't want to face mm-hmm. in the wild card just because uh, the vibes will not be fun. It's going to be tense the entire time. Are you going? They're the... No, I'm not going. Um, I'll go when we advance to the NLDS. Oh, okay. We are going to beat them, but it's going to be uh, – it's, it's not going to be fun. Like like last year in the Cardinals in the wild card game, it was not fun for the first eight innings. And then the Phillies, you know, the, the Cardinals completely collapsed. And we took game one and never looked back. Uh, so it's going to be – it's going to be – Sean, I'm going to be very stressed is what I'm saying. I'm going to be very stressed for the next two to three days. You never looked back until you were looking backwards at that Alvarez home run that went over the wall. Yeah, 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 yeah. That happens, but, uh, you know, I'm excited. What about your Rays? How do you think the Rays are going to do? Well, I, I'm not very happy they got Texas, I'll be honest with you, but the team with the most blown saves in the league, maybe that helps. You got Glass now going game one and Eflin. The ace, I, Zach Eflin, going game two. I cannot believe Seattle helped the Astros as much as they did yesterday. Yeah, it was crazy. Did you, 
I can't believe that they gave Houston the division on the last day of the season. And now instead of having to face a really good team like the Rays, they get a bye and have to face the winner of Minnesota and Toronto. I cannot believe that. Yeah, Houston's basically in the ALCS already. <laughs> Pretty much because whoever – that uh, Twins-Jays series is just going to be – Right. I mean that's the most unexciting matchup of wild card of the wild card slate because they're just cannon fodder to Houston. Yeah, I can't believe that they put the Rays at three o'clock every day and put Toronto and Minnesota at four thirty. I guess it's partly because of the Central Time Zone, but that's terrible. Really, you guys are the three o'clock slate? Yeah, but we're on ABC. Everybody else is on ESPN. Okay. Yeah. Wait. I know. I know the uh, Phillies and Marlins. They're the eight o'clock game. The eight oh eight games. Oh, okay. Which is, I, I, baseball, MLB, get it together. Why can't we start promptly at 8 o'clock? All Why right, I got one more question for you time? before I'm going to make you leave. Um, okay, that's fair. Pitch clock, is that going to have anything to do with outcomes in the playoffs here? Um, I don't necessarily know if it will have anything on outcomes, but it's going to affect big moments you feel in the playoffs like a big time player stepping up to the plate in the bottom of the ninth in a ties in a tight game usually like last year the cameras would wait they would pan on that player that would set the atmosphere you're not really going to have those big moments those big at bat feels like you normally have the past couple of years okay i think that that's a fair way to put it also your boy down there in baton rouge struggling three and two but still ranked are the tigers of lsu uh, yeah, you know, my feelings on that, uh, not happy at all, especially uh, with uh, WVU. Rank him. Rank got to rank him. Brian Kelly, he doesn't win big games. Yeah, no, he doesn't. I could have. I told you, told you that last year. I'm going to tell you that this year. I'm going to tell you that every single year. Flashback last weekend, uh, if, if Brian Kelly was still the coach at Notre Dame, that was going to be a blowout. Ohio State would have embarrassed him. All right. Thank you, Sean. Yeah, have a good one, boys. All right, see you. There's Shantansky for you. That was unprompted. Way to go, Mounts. Good job. Thank you. There's your baseball conversation. All right. Uh, let's let's really quickly, too, talk about some of the big games in college football this weekend because, again, we will not be here Friday. So it, it's already week six. We mentioned it's week five in the NFL, but week six even sounds more different. That means you're almost halfway through the season, guys. It, it's crazy to me uh, that that is the case. Um, you don't really have any major games. I guess you could circle Kansas State, Oklahoma State Friday night, pay attention to that one a little bit to see if Oklahoma State can wake up and play the Wildcats tough. Uh, but then Saturday's when it really starts. Red River is at noon. Ohio State, Maryland at noon. LSU and fight Tiger. Let's go Mizzou, get it done against the Tigers. The SEC is, is it four teams that are Tigers? I think it's four, Right. Mizzou, LSU, Auburn, somebody else, maybe. I don't know. Maybe not. Either way, three teams with the same mascots, pretty brutal. Um, Those are some of the big games. Washington State, UCLA is probably going to be a good game, I would think, too. Um, Vatek's got Florida State. Uh, Alabama, A&M, that'll be a good one to see what Jimbo can do, if they're really legit or not. Notre Dame, Louisville, Arkansas, Ole Miss. 
Arizona, USC. Uh, Cal doesn't play this week, guys. They got Oregon State. They got Oregon State. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh oh, Brian. But it's, there it's, it is. It's in Cal. I like. Our, it, I like. I like Cal. I like our chances. That's right, Brian. <laughs> Sam Jackson's really building up the Heisman campaign. He played really well. He got the job done. That's what he does. That's what he does. <laughs> the DCU transfer, Sam Jackson, the fifth. Hey, they got the same record as LSU right now. Rank them. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God! They they killed North Texas. They yeah. lost to Auburn. They beat Idaho. They lost to Washington. They beat Arizona State. Cal getting it done. Hey, Brian, they're ahead of LSU I mean, in the. Or, hey, they're halfway there for a bowl. Look game. at their schedule. They, if yeah, they rack up these wins, like the Cal Golden Bears might see themselves like as a top ten team. I mean, look, look at their next four matchups, five matchups. They got Oregon State mounts. Then they're at Utah. Yeah. Then home against Southern Cal at Oregon versus Washington State at Stanford at UCLA. Realistically, do you think they get a bowl game? I, I don't know, man. I don't think so. <laughs> well, I think I think they could beat Stanford. Yeah, they could beat Stanford. So that's four, okay, and then you got to find two elsewhere. Yeah, I don't. No, nah. so. that's. It hurts me to do this. I bet you they finish with five, though. I mean, they might pull one out. They might beat UCLA at the end of the year. Yeah. They might pull one out. I mean, you never Trust know. The process. Man. Sam Jackson's know. got 556 yards through the air this season. That's about what Caleb Williams had in the game yesterday. Uh, he's 53% completion. He's Where's his rushing yards? Give me the rushing yards for old Sam Jackson. 26 for 59 on the year with a touchdown. Okay. He's 5-2 and two in the touchdown interception rate. Again, Williams had more than that in the game, but we like our Cal Bears. See what they can do. Uh, but some big games around the country. Georgia, Kentucky, that's a good one, too. That's at yeah. 7 p.m. on Saturday night. That'll, that'll be one that is definitely interesting. Um, I don't know. Who does Maryland play? They're oh, at Ohio, Ohio State. State yeah. So that'll be, I mean, maybe. We'll see what happens. Does Ohio State show up to play against the Terrapins? Mike Loxley's got a 5-0 and football team that should be ranked, we think. Uh, in the Big 12, UCF's at Kansas. A lot of teams on the uh, idle this week in the Big 12. And TCU's at Iowa State, Texas Tech at Baylor. Going to be a fun week of college football, fellas. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah I'm excited. Okay. I mean, and the Pac-12 after dark is going to really... It's on Pac-12 Network. You're not watching it. I have. I, can, I, can, I think I have it at home. Oh, at home? You'll be at home? Saturday, yeah. Yeah, okay. I was going to say, you'll also be at home, Tanner, on no, Saturday. It'll be in Disney World, huh? Yeah. Oh, that's where you're going. Yeah. Yeah, sick invite, man. I'm kind of upset. I got, I got sick invite. <laughs> You're unbelievable, Brian. Thanks, bro. Hey, go Buckeyes. That's awesome. Yeah. Roll they damn can, tide. They can get down. back on track if yeah. they win this one. I think they'll win this one. I don't know. It's another tough test. It, it's a tougher test than it ever has been against Maryland. But you get them at home. And what, scared, what, what worries me about the Buckeyes is it's not necessarily a gauntlet, but there's some trap games coming up. And then also with some tough ones. You could ones. argue the whole month of October's trap game. Yeah. I mean, you have Maryland, who's now 5-0. and You're hosting them. Then you go, this is the one that scares me the most, and it scared me the entire season looking at it. You go to Purdue before you get host of Penn State. That is textbook upset in Ohio State's past history of going on the road on these mediocre Big Ten I think the bigger teams. trap game is you beat Penn State then go and lose in Madison. That's And that's what I was about to say. Then you, you come out of those, and then you have to go to Wisconsin. Like, the next four, to me, are, it's just, rough. are worrisome. Yeah. but uh, I'm I, not saying, like, oh, like, wow, look at the look at the ranked teams that they play, like some of the back, Pac-12 teams do. I'm saying it's more so trap of, like, an unranked 5-0 and team that's hot and balling out right now. 
then you have to go to Purdue before you play a loaded Penn State team that you're yeah. worried about with Ohio State's history. That's scary. And then you also have to go to Madison yeah. right after Penn State. It's I uh, I listen to a Columbus radio show every single day of my life that they're on Monday through Friday. And one of the guys that comes on, he's a weekly guest, he made the argument that there is nowhere tougher in the country to play at noon than in Columbus, Ohio. And for that, I completely agree. And, you know, the, the thinking there is that the biggest game of the year every year is Michigan, and that's a noon kick every year. Nowhere else in the country do they get up like they do for noon than they do at Ohio State. And I think that that's fair. The the idea that, you know, a night game in Columbus is worse to play in than a noon game, I, don't, I might take the noon game. This is a tougher game to go win just because – Ohio State knows how to get up and play at noon. And it's Maryland. I don't think Maryland's ever beat Ohio State. But you go back and you think that that year with Haskins, right? Wasn't that, that was in College Park. But Maryland played really tough uh, against the Buckeyes. And, yeah, there's been a couple times that you're like, okay, Maryland probably should have gotten them. And uh, this week it could be a, a very tight game, I think. I, I think that's a good point out of you, Mounts. Um, real quick, let's just pick the Big 12 games, K-State or Oklahoma State. Uh, I'll take K-State. Yeah, K-State, okay. Who are you taking in Red River? I think Texas gets it done. It's in, it's in well, Austin, isn't it's it? It's always at the Cotton Bowl. Oh, that's where it's at again. Okay. Yeah, it's at the Texas State Fair. Oh, but Texas is just considered the home team this yeah. year, I guess. Yeah, I'm still going to go Texas. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was a great. bludgeoning last year. Yeah, that it. saved uh, Venables' his job. Give me the Sooners. Yeah. I'll go Texas. Uh, I'm going to go Texas. Okay. Uh, UCF at Kansas. KU, baby. You're taking KU. Kansas. All right. Okay, done. You taking UCF or KU mounts? I think KU answers back. I do. Yeah, but Daniel's probably back. I don't yeah. hope so. Uh, tech and Baylor. Oh, gosh. Go tech, tech bounce back yeah. huge. I, I, give me Tech. I'll say, I'll take Tech. Probably, but I think this is one of those mediocre games again, I think. Yeah. I think if you're West Virginia, you're, you're rooting for Texas Tech now, and you want all the other teams so I'll probably be rooting for Texas Tech in that one, but I, I really have no idea. It's a, it's a crapshoot. I think TCU goes to Ames and gets a big win. Bounce back win for yeah, the Horn Frogs. Yeah. Okay, there's your Big 12 picks. What else do you want to talk about? we got three minutes, guys. Uh, we can mention the Drew Holiday trade. If you guys want to, go ahead. I don't want to talk about it. I'll talk about <laughs> it. Um, no hooping this week? Uh, Maybe tomorrow. Maybe. A shout-out hooping. Shout Mike Brian. That's all um, we ever do, shout-out hooping. We hope you stay tuned on Fridays after the show. Hooping comes right on. It does. It does. Hopefully, me and Mike can get in the studio tomorrow if, not, if he's not working. But I haven't seen that guy still. Really? No, he not once. He misses you. I know. I miss him, too. I told him he can come. We're looking me. forward to intramural season around here. Are we? Are we, Tanner? I am. We don't yeah, because you I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, I am. I, I yell at you. That's true. Um, and it's a free pass to yell at Brian. Sign me up, bro. Every time. Okay. Well, And you can yell at Luke Vine. Yeah, that's true. Oh, Luke Blaine actually wanted to call in, but I told him we were on He the- wanted to call in? Yeah, because he wanted to speak his mind about the uh, Titans' victory, but... Isn't he at work? work? Well, unfortunately, yeah. we're out of time. Well, no, I, I was <laughs> when we were on the phone with Tansky, so... It's not going to work out today, Luke. I'm sorry. Yeah. But, uh... I well, guess we gave the-, the Titans their credit. Who the Titans got next week? Let's see that really quick. Keep, keep talking about oh, yeah. it if you'd uh, like to. Okay, I'll just continue. I mean, I'm sure you guys saw the Drew Holiday trade. Mm-hmm. Um, the Blazers, man. That was a pretty good haul. Blazers got a good haul. Um, if you want to mention who the Titans are playing. You can. No, go ahead. You can talk uh, about it more. Um, yeah, I mean, the, I see why the Blazers did hold out and wait. 
Uh, and now they're going to flip Brogdon for more picks, probably. And okay. Another young player. So the Blazers got a good – I think it was really a win-win situation. I think the biggest loser of the whole trade was probably the Suns. I don't think they got much better. No. Um, it's just, are they going to play Aiton and Williams on the floor together? Because that's not going to work. I mean, they, in Portland, Aiden, Aiden is Aiden's like Aiden's soft. He wants to stay on the outside anyways. So Robert Williams is going to be the guy. Like, but then he's just standing out there. He wants to be out there. But then he's just standing he out there. He's a doing dog. Nothing. How bro, does he that can help? Shoot. He can shoot. He can shoot mid range, and he likes to fade. <laughs> I'm just saying they're going to pack the paint for Scoot Henderson and ruin that guy's career as well. But that's. I, I mean, the Blazers. Yeah, they're they're. You went out in your top two picks that you got or the top two well, guys you got back for him played the same position well it would have been like, the same thing if they kept dame i mean then it would have held scoot back either way if they had dame i'm just I'm i just mean the saying. blazers front office isn't the, the greatest so no uh titans are at indianapolis what do you you gotta win that one yeah. blaine i'm putting you on warning if they don't win that one look out man don't come shoot the clock i hope they do i hope they do for you i, I hope, hope they, they don't do. i hope richardson just has a day like giving me two touchdowns through the air two on the ground for anthony richardson for sure was, he says the defense is fine so it was good to see him storm back the way they did i'll tell you that much the the colts yeah. yesterday against the rams at home and they get another home game here richardson looks like he's a fun guy and uh definitely better than what i had anticipated. he can stay healthy he's already been, yeah. what, hurt twice they had the concussion or is that it i think it's just the concussion yeah, okay. But, uh, yeah, definitely interesting. All right. Well, we'll see you next Monday, most likely, uh, but definitely nothing on Friday. No sports page this week, just soccer all weekend long. Should be a lot of fun, and uh, we're hoping that you will join us for all of that. It's Beat the Clock right here on U92. This is U92. I wanted to remind you about the Morgantown Farmers Market happening every Saturday from 8.30 a.m. until noon. Join them for their weekly markets now through mid-November. Shop for seasonal vegetables, fruits, herbs, meats, eggs, honey, syrup, seedlings, flour, and other dry goods. Cut flowers, baked goods, and more. All of the products our vendors bring are produced within 50 miles of Morgantown. They'll be set up every Saturday until mid-November from 8.30 a.m. until noon on Spruce Street at the Morgantown Marketplace. And also the Student Life hosts a farmer's market outside the Mountain Lair every Wednesday from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Now through October 18th, local vendors will offer a variety of produce and other food items for purchase. U92 and WVU Dining Services will also be in attendance so that's the Farmer's Market happening Saturdays, 8.30 a.m. to noon on Spruce Street, and the Farmer's Market outside of the Mountain Lair every Wednesday, 11 a.m. until 3 p.m. Check those out soon. U92 FM, good morning to you. First Monday of October. Hope it's going well for you so far. Hey, coming up in this hour of music, got uh, tunes from Jane Remover, couple from Lana Del Rey. She's going to be in Pittsburgh tomorrow evening, so maybe you want to catch her at Star Lake. Also, some Jake Shears, some Chelsea Wolf.